Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Matt West Now podcast. Thank you so much for hitting the play button on this one. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to give it a shot. Do me a favor. Since you're here, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Drop us a rating. And if you don't mind, leave us a little review, whether it's good, bad, a little bit of feedback. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you like, what you don't like about the podcast. I don't care. Just drop us something so we can continue to try to evolve and get better and grow this platform again. Um, Speaking of platforms, a couple of weeks ago, I posted on my Instagram story, which if you're not already following, it's simple, Matt L. West. That's how you find me on all forms of social media. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I posted on my Instagram story a dear friend of mine playing music. He's just him and a guitar in a room in the BOK Center. And the feedback was crazy. So many of you reached out, DM'd me, texted me, said, who is this guy? Well, here he is. I've got him on the podcast this week. Over 20 years of friendship. Uh, We met back in college, so you can kind of do the math if you want to. It's okay. Come on in. Uh, Okay. it's Welcome to the opening of the podcast, Megan. Uh, Anyways, over 20 years of friendship. You'll hear us talk about that. It's crazy to believe that. Uh, we've known each other and been friends that long, but this is a guy that I have felt from day one is one of the most incredibly talented people I know. He has spent time on major tours, uh, supporting other artists, and now he is back doing his own thing. So I beg you to go give him a chance at Nick Gibson Music on all forms of social media. It's Nick Gibson Music. Hit the app before it. You 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 know what to do. Anyways, Megan's looking at me like wrap it up. All right. Anything else? Uh, again, thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Really, really excited about this one. Um, and I hope you guys will give him a follow and check him out because he is not only an incredibly talented human being, he's just a good dude. Check him out, Nick Gibson. Here we go. Play me something. You've got a guitar. Got a guitar. You're not going to just sit there and use it as a prop. So <laughs> play me something. Well, since we were talking about it, I guess I got to do a little I Go Crazy. Fell asleep with the thought of you in my arms last night I swear I could almost feel you laying right by my side Wouldn't do me any good to say I'm still missing you Cause in the end there ain't a whole lot I can do Cause I can't Feel without my baby And I'm not me without my lady And I can't live and not go crazy Without you, baby Without you go crazy Well I've been kicking myself since the day you left Let you go like the fool I was Now you found someone else 
Well, I believe in a miracle and I believe in one more chance. But in the end, I'm just a victim of common circumstance. Cause I can't feel without my baby. I'm not me without my lady. And I can't live, not go crazy without you, babe. Without you, well, I go crazy. I go crazy And I can't feel without my baby And I'm not me without my lady and I can't live not go crazy without you babe without you I go crazy I go Crazy. Fell asleep with the coat you wore in my arms last night. I swear I could almost feel you right by my side. <laughs> Oh, good to see you, man. You too, brother. Man, we've been talking about this for a while. Long time. Uh, just so there's a little bit of reference for a lot of folks, a couple of weeks ago, you sang the national anthem at the Tulsa PBR. Yes, sir. There was a little room in there, just a little green room, uh, had really good acoustics, Did. and you decided to warm up with a guitar. Yeah. Not that I was using it for the national anthem. But no, you know. but still, you know, just like playing and singing, getting the getting the chords ready. Yeah, you know how yeah. us entertainers do. We got we we have our superstitious uh, ways to get warmed up. This is one of them for me. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Uh, so that being said, you start playing, and I just a quick little clip, maybe sixty seconds. I don't know if it was even that long. Yeah, I, it, I don't. It's, I, I think it was. Yeah, something maybe. around there. Yeah. Anyways, I put it out on social media. I put it on my story. Oh, right on. DMs blow up. My Snapchat blows up. Who the hell is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this? What it what and I was just like to me it was super cool. Cause Dude, yeah. I immediately started thinking, Oh, that's my buddy. Wait. Holy crap, he's done a lot more than just be my buddy. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> it's you, weird. you have too, right? You know, I mean, that's I I put out some posts talking about, you know, back at the PBR deal and then it coming up for here and I was thinking about that. I was like, man, me and Matt have like, we've seen each other go through a lot, like from the beginning. 20 years. Yeah. 
like I, I got to thinking and doing the math, and I, we had to have met somewhere around 2001, 2002. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think because we met through Greg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and so because I remember, I remember actually the reason I remember this is uh, playing at Cat Fry this past weekend. I was Jeez. driving down uh, Lakeview, and I went past the stoplight, and for some reason, I remember that's the first time you called me. And I went, really, I was driving past, uh, there's a, uh, trailer park place right here on the South side. I used to live there. Did you? Mm-hmm. If it's the, if it's the old one right there, it used to be the last one. Yeah. Right before, yep. uh, you come to the yep. inter, the light intersection. Yep. So passing that, that was the first time you called me. And for some reason that popped in my brain as I was driving by. Yeah. I used to live in that little trailer park and Greg, and I think his brother maybe lived right across the, the road right. from us. That's right. We ended up being friends. We ended up into some places in Stillwater. I think they were classrooms or the library or something. I don't know. Yeah. Late at night. So yeah. And I, he, and he introduced me to you and I was sitting there like, holy crap, this dude, what is it? Uh, Will Ferrell says in the movie, like, you've got the voice of, oh, of an yeah, angel or yeah. Fergie and G, Fergie, whatever Fergie, it is. Yeah, yeah. But I, was, I had that moment. I was like, damn, this guy's crazy. And, and like, man, we take for granted how much good music there is back back Especially in that area. Then, yeah. We'll get into that. Let's yeah. talk about Nick really quick. So for people that don't know, it's Nick Gibson. You've been doing this music thing for a long time. Long Give time. me the, the Cliff Notes version of... Uh, I, I mean the the twenty thirty second version of your career, twenty thirty second version of my career. Okay, because then we're gonna dive into it. Okay, shortest version, uh, Cliff Notes version. Grandpa was a music teacher. He had me singing along to country music in his truck growing up. Uh, he realized I could sing on pitch. Started kind of giving me lessons without giving me lessons. Um, Started singing at little talent shows around Oklahoma. Didn't like standing there without a guitar in my hands, kind of like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what right. to do with my hands. Right, right, right. Uh, he taught me four chords on the guitar. I took off from there. Uh, my best friend gave me a Stevie Ray Vaughan CD. I took off from there. And uh, so from about 16, I've just been chasing this dream and never put it down. So it starts at like 16 when yeah. you really get focused into yeah. it. Get to the college age. We're mm-hmm. in our early 20s. You're playing yep. some bars around Stillwater. Yeah. Um, play Calf Fry. Play, uh, to me, I think you played some really, really cool stuff with some sure. really, really cool people. Started building a name in Stillwater. Yep. Moved to Nashville. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's and, where I've been and, for, God, decade now. Have you been there that long? Yeah. Oh, uh, crazy. Played guitar for notable artists. Mm-hmm. Um, you worked on the road yeah. with some people. Um, we can get into that if you want to. Yeah. Not a big deal. But to me, it's like, okay, and now you're back focused on you. Yeah, 100%. That's yeah. awesome. It's like a, it's like a full full. Uh, I guess it'd be three sixty. Um, you know, the pandemic was a big part of that. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, to kind of well, that can be the you know that's towards the end of it if we want to get started at the beginning. But yeah, the pandemic was a uh, was a big part of that. That's, uh, it's crazy how like that little blurp of time. Yeah, changed everybody's outlook on things like For sure you look at how many podcasts popped up how many people were like okay well i can't go hang out with my buddies but i have this little tool called social media and i can yes. jump on and do stuff i didn't we did one we did one yeah uh, like right at the beginning um a little short thing where we did uh, over zoom or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um it, it, but it's crazy how 
You know, they always tell you you don't realize what you have till you don't have it anymore. And like 100%. the pandemic opened up everything, kicked us right in the teeth, and we had 100%. we all started scrambling. Yeah, like what are we going to do now? Yeah, one hundred percent. So it kind of got you re uh, determined to do your thing. Yeah, it's um, you know, like, like you had said, I had I had worked my way through uh, a bunch of awesome stuff in, in Nashville in. Uh, uh, you know, and then the pandemic happened and, and at first I was, I was, um, well, I, I had, I had been running and gunning for like 17 years. I had, uh, let's just, let's, let's yeah. think about that <laughs> because when I was talking to Megan about doing this podcast, she was like, how long have you guys known each other? And I said, oh, few, wait a minute. Yeah. I graduated high school in 2000. I would have been in Stillwater in 2001. Yeah. Holy crap. It's been like 20 years. Yep. And uh, that's mind-boggling to me to think about that. It doesn't that. feel like that. No, it doesn't. Because I feel like we're, this is genuine. I feel like we're young for our age. Well, yeah, totally. And and maybe, we can get everybody, into that too, <laughs> maybe everybody feels that way. I, I don't know, but I look back at like when I was a kid, when I was 20, I would look at 40 year olds and go, damn, they're old. Yeah. And now I'm like, man, I feel pretty good Yeah, for being in my late thirties ish. Yeah. Well, I, and I think too, I, that was, that was another thing I, I kind of came to, uh, uh, not grips with, but face to face with during the pandemic yeah. was hanging out with, because I, you know, music was gone mm-hmm. for everybody. And so I spent a lot of time here in Oklahoma and hung out with a bunch of my buddies and and um they they're the ones who kind of put it it was apropos they said you know we can't relate to what you've got going on right and you can't relate to what they you know because they're all married and Mm -hmm. on their second or third kid and you know they're doing the what i like to call quote-unquote real life thing doesn't that make you think about like how good life is sometimes yeah it's like (laughs) it's it's the grass is always greener i totally yeah Yeah. for sure and uh you know, I, I I jokingly will say sometimes I was like, "Well, I mean, if I wanted to sleep in until four o'clock, I I could do that." Yeah. You know, and and but it's like you said, grass is always greener. I mean, there's there are, as you know, with with what you've done, mm-hmm. there's sacrifices that only you know that you went through. There's sacrifices that only I know that I went through to get to where I'm at. And and you know, uh, just because it looks like somebody's got got it made or whatever, you don't know what it took to get there. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying right. that really came uh, in focus with talking with my friends over the, uh, really over this last uh, holiday season was really kind of. I remember like one of the, like the last couple of times I went to Australia mm-hmm. and, I, and I remember the first time thinking, man, this is the coolest thing. Like yeah. I do have the greatest life ever. And, yeah. and, and I, I do. But I remember the last couple of times going to Australia going, man, this would be way cooler Like if I had somebody yeah. to like share it with. And it's like you think about those things that would be a lot cooler if if there was somebody there. But then you stop and you go, but there's not. Mm-hmm. So I've got to enjoy it as much yeah. as I possibly can. And now I go back now that I'm married and old and doing the quote unquote <laughs> real life thing a little a little bit. A little bit, yeah. A little uh, yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I go, yeah, but look at all the cool stuff we get to do now. Yeah. And, and so – I used to almost begrudge my life because of some of the sacrifices I had made and some of the stuff I was getting to do. Dude. And and it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And and now I'm like, all right, okay. I'm I'm good with everything. Yeah. But it's a hard thing for people to understand who have never lived kind of in that lane. Totally. Yeah. It's you know, there's um 
a few years ago, you, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there's a, a documentary on the Eagles came out. It's called really? The History of the Eagles. It's like four hours long. Yeah. Um, but there's a there's a part in it when um, there it's an interview with Joe Walsh and he's talking about basically his journey of you know everything that he went through and he says uh, he's quoting some philosopher but you know it's Joe Walsh so he doesn't really quote the philosopher <laughs> he's, but he says something like there's some Greek philosopher that said you know. But he talks basically. Like Bob Dylan has all these genius lyrics, but you have no idea what yeah, the hell he's saying. Exactly, yeah. That's that's what it's <laughs> he's like. Such a genius. Yeah. What did he say? What's he I talking don't about? really know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, he, and so Joe Walsh, and you're like sitting there, what is he, where, where's he going with this? But he says, he basically says, you know, when you're living your life, uh, or when you look back on your life, it looks like a finely crafted novel. But when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't. Mm-mm. And that's something that, I also came to, you know, face to face with it during the pandemic, like you're saying is, is I still, I mean, you know, everybody lost people. And, and for me, a, a big part of it was, I know I'm, you, you've seen my posts about it and, but you know, when we lost Chad Solens, yeah. uh, that's really when it started kind of, <clears throat> I guess life, uh, you know, punched me in the face. Then. Which for people that aren't aren't familiar explain who chad is so when uh when you know when back in our college days in the in the uh early 2000s um by the way we went to oklahoma state for people that have no idea well we were enrolled in oklahoma state yeah slash lived in stillwater oklahoma yeah that's good enough (laughs) yeah there was a period of about seven months where i didn't see the sun did you graduate did you get a yeah it took me 10 years but i graduated i I don't have a doctorate (laughs) Yeah, I went to college for six years, and I got an associate's degree in agriculture nice. from a community college <laughs> in Kansas. I went there for one semester and finished my two-year degree, got an associate's degree in ag, of all things. That's But all spent right. six years bouncing around. Anyways, my yeah, dad said, most people go to college that long, you call them doctor. Yep. I call you dumbass. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it is what it is. That's my, it's what's. Uh, I think it's Tommy Boy when he's talking about uh, being in college for ten years and yeah. not get not being a doctor. Yeah, that that was. <laughs> it took me uh, just shy of ten years of going to school, and uh, but uh, yeah, I finally graduated. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we just wanted to make sure we got it right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a big part of that though was was starting to starting. To, I started playing full time. Uh, I think I was right around when I was 21, you know, because yeah. we were, I was going, I wasn't sneaking into bars because we'd walk through the front door, but if you're carrying a guitar, right? they don't, they, you know, you show up on open mic night, they generally didn't ever card me. You right. Know? So we'd get up there and play and then leave. But, um, so, but Chad was uh, a guy who was uh, around, around our age and he got to Stillwater around the same time that that I really started kicking off playing and tremendous, tremendous songwriter, great singer, and, uh, became one of my, you know, closest friends in, in that Stillwater music, uh, era, him, Gibbs Stones, Kale Lester, um, you know, and a handful of others guys that, you know, unfortunately I've lost touch with, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's crazy how that works too. Yeah. Right. It's like, weird. Yeah. How, how like you think, man, I'll be with this guy for the rest of my life. Like these are my guys. These are my, this is my family. And then I was thinking about that today. Like some of my best friends I haven't talked to in years. Yeah. But it's weird because I feel like every time we pick up the phone, it might be three or four years. We fall right back into that same spot. Yep. 100%. Well, there's a, there's a, you know, 
there's a camaraderie that comes from that shared experience. Yeah. Right. Especially in those in those early years of uh, you know obviously I'm gonna speak from being a young man, but those guys that you go through that experience with. I, I, the only thing that I could liken it to, and not, not that I'm liking it to this by any means, but so my my little well, he's not my little brother, but he's essentially my little brother. He's mm-hmm. my best friend's little brother. My best friend's like my brother, but he was a marine, or you know, uh, is a marine and and was honored discharge and served. Uh, I think two or three tours. Um, but there was a TED talk that came out. Uh, I know I'm getting kind of sidetracked here, but there was a TED talk that came out about 10 years ago. It was, um, it was after I had moved to Nashville and I had lost my, I hadn't lost them, but you know, I didn't have my band. I didn't have my friends. I didn't have the, the family and you know, the road family and all that stuff. And I was in Nashville. I'd only been there for maybe about a year and still trying to kind of find my way. But this TED talk came out, and it was, uh, I think the title of it was Why Soldiers Miss War. And um, I was interested in it because, you know, after after um, my little brother had uh, served his first tour, and we thought he was going to get out and go on, and he reenlisted, and all of us, you know, his family and me were like, what are you doing? And he was like, you guys just don't understand. And, right. And so I watched it trying to trying to want to have a better understanding of it. And what I gathered from it was it's not that they miss war, it's the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It's the common bond of having a group of people that are all, you know, in the same, uh, 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 on the same mission with the same focus, doing the same thing. And, and, and that again, not that it's like, um, not that, you know, being a musician is like being a soldier by any means, but the, the, it's like the sports team, anything. It's yeah. camaraderie. Yeah. Whether it's business, whether it's a sport, if it's right. music, like like with us, um, you know, that that camaraderie, you've been in our locker room now. Yeah. You you kind of know the dynamic. Totally. And, and like that happens two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. And if we have a weekend off, I start going stir crazy. Totally. Because totally. I just miss that locker room feel. Yes. It, well, and it's like any, I'm sure you've seen anytime you see a, a retired, you know, athlete. They they don't ever say oh I miss the fans or the bright lights right. or the field or the right. or the ball or whatever they always say man I miss the, miss guys, the guys or the girls in the locker room you know and it's like when I watched that I was like got it and that ironically not ironically but I I called Car is Afford and I was like dude I totally understand now and I sent him the link and he watched and he was like man that's that's it yeah. and it made us be you know, closer friends and closer brothers yeah. and, and, uh, well, there's so many things in life that, that, that people, so many decisions people make yeah, and we always question because it's not what we think should happen or what we think they should do. Yes. Like, uh, and I mean, I know, especially in the music business, people are going to say, well, you should have done this. Yeah. Or you should have done that, but it's yes. not what you want to do. 100%. So why is that what you should have done? You yeah. know what I mean? Like if I had a dollar for every every mistake i've made i'd be retired but it but that's what that's and this has been a hard thing to learn or not learn but accept and probably similar to use like those mistakes is what mold us into what we that's are the journey totally if it if it was a straight line from a to z yeah there would be no journey yeah no and no one would try to endeavor after anything yeah because it, it would just be oh yeah straight line you do this you do that the the mistakes or the turns the the um i don't want to say missteps because i think that especially yeah. like with what you're doing i think everything's calculated i think 
you know what you want to do. So it's just the twists and turns are what you look back and go, yeah, that that was fun. Right. Then that kind of ties back to what Joe Walsh is saying. You know, it doesn't make sense when you're in the middle of it, but when you look back on it, you can just see it was a straight line to get to this point, even though in the middle of it, you feel like you're going crazy. And, and I mean, tying back into, the music thing like when i first moved to nashville it was just people were saying you should do this you should do this you should do this and so i was just oh yeah. i need to do that and but it wasn't me right and and it wasn't who i was but you know i'm new there i'm trying to figure it out and so i went on i wasn't a wild goose chase because for them that was their right thing to do you know what i mean and so they're like well you should do this and it's because that's all they knew and then so you'd go down this rabbit hole and it wouldn't quite work and so then i'd kind of come back to my line and then i'd go back offline again and but doing all that got me to you know where i'm at now and knowing who i am as an artist and a musician and, and as a man you know and it's not that people are trying to lead you astray no they're, they're, they're everybody i think most people mean it out of a genuine heart. Totally, and they're like, yeah. hey, this this is how you do it because it worked for them or it worked for a friend of theirs. Exactly. But everything's about timing, right yes. time, oh, right dang. place, everything in life. And so it's like just because this is the way it happened for you isn't the way it yes. is supposed to happen for 100%. me. 100%. It's funny that you bring that up. Uh, actually, I just made a post about it, I think, yesterday, the day before. So... um Last year, about a year ago, it'd be a year ago next month. Um, so, for those of y'all who don't know, my my two biggest heroes are Garth Brooks and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And uh, about a year ago, I had the opportunity to uh, meet Garth again here in in Tulsa at a uh, fundraiser event. And it was is that the picture where you're both dressed up? Yeah, okay. yeah, we're all decked out. Yeah. Just posted it like Just today, put, uh, yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, and I had met Garth uh, a couple times before that, and but it'd been, oh man, I think the last time I'd seen him had been uh, well, I was still here because I remember I was still in college, and that last time I'd seen him, he was like, "You, you got to move to Nashville. You got to move to Nashville. That's yeah. You, know, you can't do anything here. You got to move to Nashville. Well, I'm right. still in college. Well, when you graduate, you got to move to Nashville." Uh, I don't it's think hard he knew not to if Garth says oh, it. Man, like, right. That's the yeah. one where you're like, yep, it's I'm going like, to do what okay. you say. Exactly. Everybody's telling me all these things. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'm going to do what you okay. tell me. Exactly. So when I ran into him um, last year, and uh, you know, for those of y'all who don't know, I'm, I've, my hair's all grown out now, but back then my hair used to be short, right? And so when, uh, and I, the only reason I bring this up is so when I walked up to, you know, I'm standing in line and he walks up and every time I've seen him, he sticks out his hand, he goes, hi, I'm Garth. Looks you right in the eyes, you know? Yeah. No I, shit. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. And so, and I always, I always, when I'm, when I speak to him, I always refer to him as Mr. Brooks. And I said, shaking his hand, I said, Mr. Brooks, I, I'm not sure if you remember me or not. And he said, well, no, sir, I, I don't. But he said, but actually there's a spotlight right behind you. And he's like, so all I can really see is your silhouette. And I said, oh, okay. And so I went, we basically did a 180. And as I turned around and came in essentially the spotlight to where he could see me, his whole face changed and he lit up and he goes, what's up, brother? And he reached out and he grabbed my hair and he goes, oh my God, your hair. And it was like... Every story I ever heard about the guy was like he remembers everybody anytime and it and it happened to me and I hadn't seen him in 12 years, 13, yeah. 14 years. But to 
bring it back was so I filled him in on everything I had. He's like, what are you doing? I told him, well, I graduated and I moved to Nashville and yeah. you know, I did all this and I've been out touring with these people and doing all this stuff. And, and, um, and I was telling, you know, we were in the middle of the pandemic and I said, you know, like I was saying, the pandemic made me really rethink things. And, and I was telling him about, um, going after, you know, or coming back around to being Nick Gibson again, rather than playing for other right. people. I said, you know, and then the time, or I mean, the uh, pandemic hit and we're in the middle of this pandemic and music's gone. And I just remember he just kind of looked at me and smiled and goes, timing. Yeah. And at the time, I, I mean, I understood what he was saying, you know, it was like, yeah, but that didn't, it didn't uh, really like help me feel any better, I guess, other than it's like, well, okay, yeah, timing and something, something will work itself out. And, and um, which now, you know, it's like I said, that was that was the end of May last year, so almost a year ago, and uh, really everything changed for me uh, this last uh, November. So in May, when I saw him, I still was kind of lost and and you know trying to find my footing, and music still hadn't quite come back yet, and you know you're like you're like I was saying earlier, you, you're going through these like. Existential questions like who am I without right. music? Yeah, and things like that. I wasted my whole life, yeah, trying to do this, oh, dude. And instead of preparing for something else. Yeah, trust me, dude. I was so lost. Yeah, I'm sure you am I were going back same? to college? Yeah, am I starting over? Yeah, oh, dude. Like you have all those questions. Yeah, and it was. I it really did. Like I, I, I remember sitting there and like asking myself, well, "Who, who are you without music?" Just a guy. Like just a guy. I'm just a guy. Like yeah. if I don't have you know, and so that was really weird to uh kind of come to grips with. You know, I mean obviously that was worst case scenario. It's like obviously music is I could have, you know, played music whenever right. just by myself, but uh you know how we doing this if you wasn't doing yeah, this. Isn't that ex- that'd yeah. make a good song? Oh, That's wait. it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so um you know, but like I said, then then everything really changed for me in, in November. Actually, it's funny that you say that. Uh, so I was, like I said, was lost, floundering, trying to figure out what to do. And um, a buddy of mine in Nashville, uh, he called me. This would have been, uh, this would have been, it, it was the first week, in, first week in November. He called me up and he said, hey, man, I'm going to the studio and uh, I'm going to record a new original song of mine. I want to see if you come play guitar. And I said, absolutely. Because I had, you know, nothing was going on. Music right. was just starting to kind of come back. Everybody was going out on on these fall tours. But it was, you know, the pandemic was still kind of going on. Some, some of the people were still playing. Some people weren't. So it was still kind of up in the air. And my, But my buddy JD called me and said, you know, I'm going to the studio this week. Come play guitar. And it's absolutely perfect. So... Um, we load up and the studio, I think we were there for four days and, um, I ended up, uh, helping produce the track. You know, I didn't, it, that wasn't the initial thought by any means, but it just turned into, well, what if we tried this? And you know, what if we did that? And my brain just started kind of working right. and, and I don't have a whole lot of studio experience since, but it was weird how I could hear things differently than I had the last time I'd been in the studio. So after four days of this, we had this 
pretty rad song going on. And as I was listening to it, I was like, this sounds like what I hear a Nick Gibson song being in my head, you know, and, but it's my buddy singing on it. And, and I remember thinking to myself, it's like, why aren't you doing this for your music? Right. Because and, you've never produced your own. No. Yeah. Uh, I, we, you know, we did two albums um, when I was here. The first but somebody else always yeah had control. Somebody else had control. The second one I, I had more control over, but it still was. That's a whole other story. But right. It, it, yeah. So uh, this was the first time where it was. You know, I could, I could hear it in my head, and I knew, you know, how to make it come out and work on on uh, on tape. And uh, so we got done with it. I was like, man, this is this is really cool. And um, so. Let's, let's see that was the first week of november so then obviously i was going to be coming home for thanksgiving and i was just thinking i was like after being there being a part of music like that i thought i'm going to see if anybody's playing around close to tulsa uh you know around thanksgiving to where i can go i could go check them out and so i looked online seeing, just to go be around it just to be yeah dude yeah, yeah exactly just to be around it. yeah I looked on. I looked at Kansas City. Looked at Wichita. Looked at Little Rock. Looked at Tulsa. You know, it's weird at how that Dallas. happens. Yeah, like like because because I used to catch myself, especially when I was single. If I had a weekend off or whatever, I'd got to that where I was stir crazy. Yes, and I'd be like, oh, are any of my buddies playing music or do I like yeah or stand up comedy? Like what what's going on? Do where something. can I just go be around my friends and something yes. that makes me feel good? Yes, one hundred percent. And. um so I I looked and saw in Dallas you talking about still be doing this if I wasn't doing this and Luke Combs was playing in Dallas and I was fortunate enough to be a part of a tour with those guys um, back in 2018 yeah and so I reached out to my buddies um, on the road with them Todd and Zeus and I I said hey guys and uh, we we got a group you know text message going and so they kind of knew that I was just struggling with trying to figure out Jones and how to get, yeah, Jones is trying to figure out how to get through the pandemic. And, and I said, Hey, you guys are going to be in Dallas. You know, it was like the week before Thanksgiving. So I was going to be there anyway. I was like, can, can I just come? That's what I told them. It's funny that you said the way that you said it. I told them, I said, can I come down and see the show just to be around it again? And they were like, absolutely. Yes. Come on down. We'll, we'll, we'll get you and we'll figure it out. So I loaded up and, and came back here to Oklahoma and I think I was here for maybe 36 hours before yeah. I then just headed straight to Dallas to see the show. And, and I, I didn't tell any, I didn't tell any of the other guys and I didn't tell the guys in the band. I didn't tell right. any other crew guys. I would just talk to Zeus and, and Todd. And, and, uh, so I got down there and, and, uh, it was funny. They, they said, Hey, your tickets at will call. And once you get in, we'll, we'll get you your laminate and everything. I said, okay. So I went up to will call and then I was like, great. And then I was like, Oh, I have to stand in line to get inside, <laughs> which I know sounds dumb, but I haven't had to do that right. in so long. And I was like, this is odd. And so I'm standing in line and then there's like this even more tension anticipation, you know, for coming in. And so I get through metal detectors and all that stuff. And so I text Zeus and I'm like, Hey, I'm in. And he's like, all right, I'm at section whatever, 102 or whatever. And I said, all right, I'll be right there. And dude, like just walking around the concourse 
mm-hmm. and seeing the people walk, you know, with their $78 beers, you know, or their $400 hot dogs or, you know, whatever it costs at, at uh, the concession stands. But they, everyone was so stoked. And like, you could tell the, you know, cause that would have been pretty much a lot of people's first concerts or big concerts back. Right. right? And so everyone was, I mean, the energy was just just electric just electric and and i could i mean it was like that the first thing i thought when i saw those people and how happy they were just to be there was i was just like oh my god i miss this mm-hmm. and uh i remember i when i came around the corner i saw zeus standing there and it actually made me start to well up with tears because baby I was, <laughs> <laughs> dude me too i'm I an was, emotional man, disaster like, oh, dude God. i'm an emotional wreck it was like i saw zeus standing there and he's standing in like i've known him always like in his crew stuff like and he's got his radio on and the biscuit on his shoulder and he's got the lamb and it's hanging off him and, and i was like i'm back i'm yep. i'm you know i'm out of show again and so he comes up sees me grabs me gives me a big old hug and and we sit there and you know bullshit for a minute and i was like oh come on let's you know let's let's get down to the floor and and we take about three steps and get mobbed by these girls and they start asking (laughs) are you guys with luke combs and so they're asking you know zeus and me and and they're like are you in because i was all decked out and you know right stage gear and obviously zeus which by the way i don't know that you've ever not been stage ready i don't know (laughs) i I was thinking about that earlier because i was like i don't think i've ever seen Outside of the gym, yeah, like I don't, and, and I think even then you could just probably grab a guitar and go, go, yeah. <laughs> but you're you're always ready, man. You know, it's like that. I, I Style. Would, I joke about it's like you know, dress for the job you want, not for the job right. you have. You know, and I and, obviously want the job of a gym owner today, hey, man. You know, <laughs> but there is, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because like when we do fly dates, I'm in like sweatpants and a yeah. t-shirt and the guys in the band always give me hell and they sometimes they'll send me pictures I'm, i put my hair up and i got headphones on i'm just like nobody bother me i'm you know i'm full-blown company clothes mode. yeah yeah um but yeah these these this gaggle of girls come up and they're all asking you know if i'm in the band and what zeus does and this that and the other and and zeus is you know he's one of my really good friends and and he uh, you know, believes in me and is always the champion of me. And so he starts telling them, he's like, no, he's not, but he's, he's this musician. You guys got to check him out. And they're, you know, telling them about all my social media stuff. And so anyway, then the crowd starts getting a little bigger. And, and so Zeus is like, all right, we got to go. So we, we walk down and we get backstage or it's down on the floor. Cause they were in the round and meet Todd. And so they give me my, my laminate. And then, uh, and so, and so Zeus goes, all right, buddy, well, I got to go handle some stuff before the show, but you know, I'll be over here at Monitor World. You come see me and I'll get you set up with some ears. And okay. He's like, I'll see you here in a little bit. And he's like, catering's that way. The bar's that way. Right. Da, 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 da. And he's like, I'll see you in a bit. And he walks off. And I'm like, okay. And then so Todd, who's uh, uh, Luke's front of house guy, he does the same thing. He's like, well, I got to go take care of some stuff too. He's like, man, front of house is yours. Or what? And he goes, man, you know how this works. We're not worried about you. We'll see you in a little bit. And they just walk off. And I'm like standing there going, uh, okay. You know, because obviously, I'd, like I said, I had the opportunity to tour with those right. guys, but I, I wasn't on that tour with them, and and uh, so I kind of sat down at front of house for a minute. I was like, I'm just gonna kind of stay out of the way, and then it was it was like the perfect. I couldn't have planned it better. All of a sudden, you know, his band guys, the band guys, kept would walk by one by one, and they'd say, "What are you doing here?" Yeah. You know. So I got to see all them and hug all them, and so this and so this was this happened 
I think it was five days after he had debuted doing this on the uh, one of the award shows. On the award show, yeah. and they had one Entertainer of the Year. And so for me, it was this dude. It was healing because it was like Nick. Like this is the these are your buddies, and they're telling you you belong here. Right. You know, they basically were like carte blanche. Like, like I said, Todd was like you know what you're doing. We're not worried about you. Yeah. So like, like this is a life you're supposed to be a part of. Yeah. And it was just, it was like this nod from the universe of, Hey man, like it's going to be okay. I'm glad you say that you know? because I think a lot of times when people say that, like, you know, Hey, this is my sign. This is God telling me this. A lot of people look at you like you're a little off the rock yeah. or whatever. Like, no. cause, cause I constantly am saying something like that. Like, totally. Like, or, or I'm begging for God to give me a sign. Yeah. You know, like to- this yeah. is, I, I'm, I'm stuck, man. It's, yeah. it's in your hands. Just yeah. give me a sign of what you want me to do next. And, and I feel like that's getting to be a daily occurrence. Like, okay, <laughs> all right, God, what's up, big guy? It's me again. Yeah. You know, which direction do you want yeah, me to what go am now? I doing now? Yeah, one hundred percent. But I think that's the way to get wherever you're supposed to be. Is just give, like, the whole give up and give it to God, dude. That's and so that's, oh, dude. Look, I'm getting. I know. I, I got it, a part of that. Isn't it cool? Look at, look at. Oh man. I mean. If you're not watching, I'd like full blown goosebumps because but, that's a but bull- you have yeah. to you have to and and I think I wish I could have realized that a lot younger in life yeah. I I would have you know maybe been a lot further ahead I might be exactly where I'm at right now who knows who knows yeah but that's a huge part of I think success yeah everybody deems success in a different way some people For look sure. at it financially yeah. whatever yeah um I think success to me is doing whatever God's plan is for me as good as I possibly can. For sure. Yeah. And so you got to just give it up, give it to God, let him direct your path. And and here you go. Yeah. Funny back to, uh, I, I will get off on a soapbox every once in a while. It's all right. <laughs> um, talking about Luke Combs, one of his uh, guitar players. Mm-hmm. And I went to the same school just down oh, the road here. Uh, Tyler. Tyler, Tyler yeah. King. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because like, I, he was quite a quite a bit younger than me. He yeah, was a, a younger, few years yeah. younger than me. But we graduated from the same consolidated school, mm-hmm. building in the middle of a pasture. Yeah. Um, and his older sister and I were closer to the same age, and so like I, I mean, I knew him. Yeah, we we weren't you know best friends by any stretch of the imagination. But I remember I was just kind of I was on the road doing my thing. Yeah, and he was starting to do music, and then I remember him moving to Nashville. Yeah, and I remember hearing so many people around here going. You know, you know the typical. So, gonna move to Nashville. Yep. Oh, gonna be a big star, whatever. Yeah. And I just remember seeing, like, the first time I saw a Luke video or, or saw him playing a concert and seeing Tyler seeing on stage Tyler, yeah. with him. I was just like, I had that like goosebump moment of like, yeah. hell yeah, dude. Like, you know, the same way I when well, the first time I came and saw you play guitar. Yeah. At uh, Frontier City. Yeah. <laughs> and and I I just like I, I get so excited about people that quote-unquote make it yeah or at least get closer to their dream They're, yeah for because sure. so many people are negative about that crap dude yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah <laughs> oh why you, you can't chase that dream forever bullshit yeah watch I'm, me yeah i'm still doing it same yeah i exactly. mean like i i don't i don't understand that mentality like you get one trip around this world yeah like dude exactly why settle for anything other than what you want and that's that's Part of what, like I said, I've realized during the pandemic is that right there. We get one shot at this. I will tell you, though, one person had the right path for you. 
because we met at CMA Fest on yes. a stage at CMA Fest. Yeah, and uh, it was so crazy. I had I had been invited to host Riverfront Stage at CMA Fest. It was seventeen. I, think, I have right? no idea. Sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, and. And all of a sudden, you come walking across the back of the stage. Yeah. And you're running monitors yep. for an artist. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and I remember you saying, I remember you saying, yeah, it's not exactly where I want to be. Yeah. But it's Closer. in the mix. Yep. And I said, here's the deal. You're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, somebody's going to hear you or have a conversation. Then you're going to be up there playing guitar. Yep. And then. All of a sudden, you're going to be doing your own thing, dude. God, tell me I'm it. not Nostradamus. <laughs> tell that's me I'm man. not Nostradamus, dude. That's what happened. That, <laughs> that is exactly how that, it happened. That's crazy. Golly. It's crazy. I think about that a lot, and I'm like, man, that's that's so cool. I was so I was almost so I posted the picture that was you know the holy throwback picture of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to post this, this that first one at CMA Fest, uh, but then I found that one from God knows when. I don't even remember. I think it was from 2009. <laughs> the sad something. thing is we'd known each other a long time ago. No, I, I know. I, I think on the post I said this was a long time ago, and we've known, we'd already known each other a long time at that point. But yeah, that's uh, that's what happened. I, you know, I uh, just like anything, any business, in anything in life, through relationships, I've I met a guy or toured with a guy named Rob, who's now one of my really close friends. And, and he was, um, he was torn with Lauren Elena. And, uh, I just said to him at one point, I said, Hey man, if you, if you hear of anything, um, because the other guy that I was torn with my buddy, Dave, he was kind of winding down. He went and, um, did a, a handful of stints on Broadway up in New York City, and so his the touring stuff wasn't as as busy. And so I reached out to Rob. I said, "Hey man, is that Dave, Dave Cook?" Okay, I was yeah. gonna say same Dave. Dave. Yeah. So I well no so so David Cook um, from American Idol. From American Idol. Okay. I've known him since we were eight, maybe nineteen twenty something. Really? Like that. Yeah. He um, when I was in Tulsa first starting playing music. Um, I, uh, some buddies of mine had a band called Midwest Kings, and uh, I was basically like, I think at first they were just kind of humoring me, humoring me. I was the tag along, right? And I was like their one crew guy, and I'd help them load in, load out, help them run sound, and just to be around it, just to be around it. Yep. And then actually, they gave me, they gave me my first stage to play on, uh, like like in a bar in a I guess professional setting. Um, we were at a show one time. And the opener didn't show up. And so Neil, who was the guitar player of the band, he said, hey, can you play like 30, 45 minutes of acoustic songs? And I was like, yeah, but it's country music and because they they were a rock right. band. And he goes, I don't care, man. Like, if you can Whatever get up there and play, we just we need somebody. The opener just didn't show up. And I said, okay. And so I got up and, and played 30 45 minutes of I think I actually repeated a couple songs a couple times because I was like I don't have any more songs nervous uh yeah yeah it was it was nervous but luckily it was it was so you know I didn't really have enough time to be nervous it was like like we need you on stage like five minutes ago so it was more nervous of like oh god oh god oh god it's the best way for it to happen dude you totally. don't have time to think about you don't have time to, yeah it, it would have been way worse had I known for a week yeah. or something you know but so they gave me a spot to play and 
but so anyway, um, we, we ran around a bunch, um, regionally. And so Dave, uh, had a band in, uh, Kansas city called Axiom and they opened, uh, a handful of shows for the Kings, I think down here. And then we'd go up around where Dave and his band were and the Kings would open shows for them since, cause they had oh, that. Cool. Yeah. Re- yeah. It was kind of their territory. That was their territory. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of created a, uh, That's cool. you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of deal. So we, I've known Dave for a while and, and I had been in Nashville for, I think it was two ish years and Dave moved from LA to Nashville and I, they were having, uh, basically pre-production rehearsals before they started rehearsals rehearsals and so we were all at dave's house in his in his studio that he's got and i just i went over to hang out again just to be around it you know and at some point i don't remember exactly what but something something went wrong with his guitar or his pedal board or something and um I remember he was like, oh, man, I, now I'm going to have to find, you know, a tech or somebody to fix it. And I knew what was wrong with us. So I can fix it. He said, you can. I, I said, yeah, I just need to run to the house and get my soldering iron and my, you know, guitar tech tools. Because you've been tearing stuff apart. I've been tearing stuff apart since I was. Time. Yeah. My my grandpa, who's a music teacher, his favorite story to tell about me is, I guess, when I was a baby, I was messing with the radio. <laughs> Imagine that. And uh he said, I, I pulled the knob off of the radio and he said he was watching me and he's, you know, usually babies will put anything in their mouth. He said, I pulled the knob off the radio and I looked at the backside of the knob and I looked at the radio and I fiddled with it until I put the knob back on the radio. And my grandpa said, he was like, in that moment, I knew you were going to be messing with stuff your whole (laughs) life. Um, so yeah, I used, I mean, my, my buddies, uh, he had this old red Fernandez strat that I took apart just cause I wanted to see yeah. how they went together, you know? Um, but because of that, and, and then also, you know, when you're out on the road touring, it costs, if stuff breaks, it costs money. And, and, uh, I got to the point where I was like, well, I don't want to keep it. The first things that I started fixing was guitar cables and mic cables. It's just guitar cables, two wires and a mic cables, three wires. And generally they break, towards the end so if you snip mm-hmm. off an inch or two of them then restart them in they're still good as right good as go and i remember uh, my buddy bill we were playing a gig and um one of the mic cables went bad and it wasn't my gear it was his gear and he was oh yeah we got a bad leg on the mic cable <clears throat> generally what happens if one of the three wires goes bad you lose half of the volume out of it which is technical stuff that nobody cares about, but that's how we could tell it was bad. Yeah, it's gibberish to me. It's gi- <laughs> but you fixed it. So yeah, so uh, so I unplugged it, plugged in a new cable, and it worked. And he was like, "Oh yeah, it's just got a bad leg." And I said, "Well, you want me to throw it away?" He goes, "No, I'll I'll fix it." And I was like, "You can fix these?" He said, "Yeah." He's like, "We'll finish sound check. I'll show you afterwards." So after we sound checked, he showed me how to take it apart, showed me where how to find the break, fixed it, resoldered, put it back together. So from that point on. Yeah, I was like, I'm fixing anything I can, you know, fix on my own rather than because no matter what you're doing in life, no matter how much money you have, things still get expensive. Totally. Like I, I don't care what you're doing, you still you have that mentality if you're yeah, I, I mean wired I, right, I, I guess. Well, and I think it's you know especially from where we come from, yeah. and it, there's that thing you know working with your hands, and mm-hmm. if, if stuff's broke, you don't just throw it away. You right. you you try to fix it at least and. 
I think that's something that's ingrained in us. I'm I'm sure in a lot of places as well. But yeah. you know, obviously we grew up around here, so that's all we can talk yeah. or all all my experiences with it. But so um anyway, so I I I Dave was like, All right, well we'll take a lunch break. We'll go grab lunch, we'll grab you whatever they were getting, you go get your tools. So I came back. I just lived right down the street from them. So I went and got my tools, came back. They weren't back yet. Took it apart. I think it was his guitar. I don't remember. Fixed whatever was wrong with it. Put it back together. It worked fine. So by the time they had gotten back with lunch, it was all fixed and ready to go. And and so uh, I, Dave goes, well, I have this microphone that doesn't work. Do you think you can fix that? And I was like, I don't know. Let me see it. <laughs> so he got this mic. It was this big, Billy Badass studio microphone. That, you know, probably cost 80 bazillion rubles or whatever. Right. And uh, so I'm like, well, it doesn't work. So, you know, if it's broken, yeah. I don't care. Worst so case scenario, start, it, yeah, still it still doesn't, doesn't work. work. Exactly. So I took it apart and figured out what was wrong with it and fixed it and put it back together and took it in there. And I was like, yeah, you know, it works. And and uh, I remember Dave just kind of looking at me like, you must be some kind of wizard. He's you a know? savant. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he called me later that afternoon. and was like, hey, man, uh, you know, I know you've got your own thing going on, but we're going out. It was, it was a two week run. Mm -hmm. He was like, would you want to come out and, you know, be stage manager and guitar tech for me? And, and I said, yeah, absolutely. Cause it lined up to where I didn't have anything going on. Well, then that two week run turned into four years. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that brought us up to, uh, I think it was 2016, 17 when so that's after like the idol run. Yeah. It was yeah. after I, Dave okay. was on idol, I think it was 2008. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's already got that. Like he's already so, got all that okay. going. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, he, he had been in, in LA since idol and then moved to Nashville. I think it was 2012, maybe 2013. And, um, so I was out on the road with him. Rob came on the road with us, I think 2015 and then 16, I believe is when Dave's, um, got his, uh, started his his stints that he did on broadway in new york so he was doing that so he goes to broadway you're back in the uh, i got nothing i got nothing yeah, yeah. so and what happens then so i reach out to rob and i'm like hey if you hear of anything uh you know let me know and so rob goes well that's that's interesting because i need somebody to drive the van and trailer to little rock this weekend and he said i know it doesn't have anything to do with music but it's a foot in the door and you'll get to meet lauren and meet the band and and uh and you're around it and you're around it and i said perfect absolutely so i started off i was i was this is and this was before lauren had hit with road less traveled mm -hmm. so um that whole year that it was 2016 i drove i was the essentially the bus driver but it was a van um so i drove them to anything that was far enough away that you know if it was like an hour or something rob would drive them but if right. it was a far enough away show um, they'd have me drive them. And so I did that for the year and it was towards the end of 16 is when road less traveled hit for Lauren. And she got picked up, uh, to be on the CMT's next women of country music tour opening for Martina McBride. And, uh, just, just somebody, cool. somebody can just come pick up all these names I'm dropping here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Rob calls me and he goes, Hey man, uh, so I got some good news and some bad news. And he was like, the bad news is we're moving to a bus, so we're not going to need you to drive anymore. And he's like, but the good news is we need a stage manager and we need a monitor engineer. And he said, I know it doesn't have anything to do with music, but you're not driving anymore. Right. And you get to still be a part of it. I was like, dude, absolutely. I'm in. 
So, um, went and so then I was her stage manager and monitor engineer for that year. So that was 17. So that's when we ran into each other. That's right. It was 17 of CMA fest. We ran into each other and, uh, it was hot. Dude, it was so hot. So hot out there. I remember, man. But it's so the worth sun it. sun just blasting right at you, and it's muggy because you're right there on the river. And, and I'm wearing jeans. You were, yeah. I was in shorts yeah. and a t-shirt. You yeah. were in you were in I was full, full cowboy. Full cowboy. Full cowboy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that whole dress for exactly. the job you're doing. Exactly. And that, that's the job I was doing. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and then to bring it back to, like you said, I, I was there, and you said, dude, you know, this is just one step, and then... And I so all of 2017. That's what I did. I was I was crew for her and did several different jobs, um, which I learned so much in all of them, and I'm so thankful for. But how how do you go from running ear monitors mm-hmm. to playing guitar and like did a lot? Yeah. So I'm so in that year when I was crew. Um, like I said, I, I basically I did everything except I was never her merch guy, and I was never her lighting guy. But here, here's here's the point I'm trying to get to. Oh, like, yeah. So so people don't understand. Like this is what frustrates me more than anything. Yeah. People that think they're just going to go from well, I started doing this, mm-hmm. now I should be at the top. Yeah. But they're unwilling to do the little things to get closer to just be around it to learn. Sure. Yeah. Like in my in my world. You know, obviously, I'm I'm an announcer. I tell yeah. the stories. I'm on the mic. I'm in front of everybody. But I love going to the back pens and hanging out yeah. with the guys that unload the trucks, hanging out with totally. the guys that set up the arena, totally. hanging out with the guys that that roll the dirt out. Because when a fan yeah. says, how much dirt's on the arena floor? I can tell them. Can tell, yeah. When they say, how long does it take? I can tell them. Yeah. What about this? Okay, I got it. Totally. The other thing is, is if I'm in front of a crowd and I know things aren't good back Behind the scenes, yeah. I also know how to cover it, no, and exactly. nobody knows. Yes, like that's what Perfect. drives me nuts. But I'm learning every step of the way, yeah. So that when I get to my whatever my success point is, or mm-hmm. whatever I want my end game to be, yeah, I have a foundation of knowledge of what Dude, everybody else one hundred percent knows. 100%. And so with that, I appreciate what they do more. Dude, one hundred percent. I'm I'm so glad you said that because. I learned so much. So before I before I was torn with Lauren, you know, I had I had only had my own band here, right? And so I only knew it from the viewpoint of being, you know, the the lead singer, the guy that's up there singing front of the songs, stage. front of the stage, yeah. And I, I'm so thankful to Lauren and and Rob and and Trisha and Lauren's team and everybody for for giving me that opportunity to learn all that stuff. Uh, it's you know, it's things that. Had I not had that opportunity, you know, of course I could have had it somewhere else, but I don't know. You know, it's one of those right. what if things like yep. we were talking about earlier. But what if I was made for you? What if you were? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. exactly. Anyways, what if? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to. It's perfect. Um, no, so the way that I, the way that I I went from crew to that is, you know, when when you're an artist, sometimes you gotta you can't be at sound check, you gotta be you know at a radio station or TV or you're doing something else. And so, Lauren has obviously a big, powerful voice, and yeah. her and I sing about the same volume. And so, Rob, whenever Lauren couldn't be there, Rob would have me come out and check her mic. So. 
you know, you can't, the EQ wouldn't be the same, but he could get the compression levels set right. He could get the gain set right. He could get it ballpark to the, so that some of the technical things, yeah, the technical close, stuff. Close. Yeah. Yeah. The, he, he'd get them, you know, 90% there with my vocal. And then whenever Lauren would get back or, you know, for mm-hmm. showtime would come out and, and we'd be, you know, nine yeah. tenths of the way there. And so I was doing that and, um, at, at some shows and at one of them, um, I was, it was Red Rocks. We were at Red Rocks and I was, I was checking the mic and, um, they had come back right around that time when I was out there checking the mic. And so, uh, you know, Trish or management manager had heard and, and, um, so they kind of started talking to me and Rob kind of had told them, you know, Hey, this guy's a great musician. If we ever have a position, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, so through that year, I remember, um, Trish, her manager called me, Trisha called me and said, Hey, you know, we really appreciate what you're doing out here. And, you know, we want to make sure that we can keep you as a part of the team and we love what you're doing now. Is that what you want to do? Or would you, you know, well, what do you no. want to do else? You know? Yeah. And I, and I mean, I'm grateful that they asked. I said, well, honestly, I mean, I, I, I want to play, I want to be on stage, but you know, I appreciate just being here, you know, I remember I was sitting in, in the back of the bus and I was just like, I mean, I'm sitting on a bus, right. You know, 16 year old me dreamt dreamed of, this. of being on yeah. a bus. So yeah. it's like, I'm there. I'm not, I'm not taking any of this for granted. And uh, Trisha was like, I'm, well, I'm so glad that you let me know that. And, and, you know, Rob's told us that, you know, you can play and, and obviously we've heard you sing a few times. So, you know, if something comes up, well, you'll be the first one we call. I said, Awesome. And uh, so then it was the end of that year, um, end of 17. I remember I was driving back from uh, here. I was on my way back home right after the Christmas holiday. So it was sometime around New Year's, right before or after New Year's, something like that. And Trisha called me and, and um, one of the guys in the band had stepped down and was going to be moving on. And, and Trisha said, you know, if you know of anybody who could fill that role, you know, let us know. And And I said, okay. And and I remember hanging up the phone and, and thinking the one thing that I couldn't do that the guy, his name's Seth, great musician, great guy. I couldn't play keys, but all the other stuff that Seth was doing, I could do. And so I was thinking to myself, I was like, because, Nick- okay, because at this, now you can run all the monitors, you yeah. run all the ears. You obviously are a badass guitar player. <laughs> you, were you playing Dobro? So I ended up playing, I played banjo parts guitar parts acoustic yeah. parts bass saying i basically did i was well I, I was what's called a utility player right which means you do you can do whatever all basically. the other stuff that is not you know drums bass guitar mm-hmm. um and so like i said the only thing i couldn't do was play the piano the keyboard parts um and so and i remember after i hung up the phone with trisha i was like nick like this is an opportunity how can you make this opportunity work in everybody's favor? And I, I remember as I was driving, I was thinking through this. And I was like, well, if I move to be in the band, we still would have an empty spot that we would have to fill with somebody that we trust on monitors and right. stage manager. Well, bringing it back to Luke Combs and Zeus, the way I met Zeus was whenever Rob had to have a sub, um, Zeus would be his sub. So Zeus would come out and tour with us uh, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten times, something Mm -hmm. like that. Zeus and I worked really well together. Rob and I worked really well together. Um, You know, and Zeus did great. And and at 
um, two separate points, completely different times. At some point, Lauren had asked me about if there was some way we could get Zeus to be a part of the crew. Mm -hmm. And Zeus had asked me, or not asked me, but he had mentioned at some point, he's like, man, I'd love to be a part of this crew, but obviously I'm not going to take Rob's gig. Right. And I'm not going to take your gig. So, you know, if there was ever an opportunity. But now spot's open. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, if I move to the band, then we have monitor and and stage manager open. Well, that's a spot where Zeus Helping could be. somebody else out. Everybody yep. loves Zeus. Zeus wants to be a part of this. And so I I uh, sent Trisha an email and I said, okay, here's the deal. It's like, you know, all of the things that Seth is doing, I can do except for the keyboards. But before Seth had, was in the band, they didn't have keyboards anyway. So I was yeah. like, it won't be that different than it was before. Right. And, you know, and then I was like, you know, we have this spot open on stage mo- uh, stage manager and monitors well I Zeus feel that be, for you yeah I can yeah. feel that for you too so I sent her this email kind of lining all that out and she said uh, <laughs> this is my favorite part of the story she goes man that all sounds great I'm going to talk to Lauren and I'm going to talk to Tico who's the band leader she's like I'll get back to you I said okay awesome and then uh, I didn't hear anything the next day didn't hear anything the next day and I thought oh well you know they probably found somebody else, and but I still was happy because it's like, yeah. well, I'm still going to be stage manager and monitors. Still on a bus. Still on a bus. Still on a bus. Still touring. Yeah, and so I was like, well, it's all right. It may, you know, talking about well, maybe this isn't the spot. Right. Timing. Timing. Yeah. So it was the third day afterwards, and Tico called. Wait, wait. Three days. It was three days later. And you're pa- <laughs> okay. All right. Which, but when you're waiting on something, that feels like an eternity. eternity totally. It was, like I said, I just kind of, I resigned myself. Okay, well, it's not, you're not going to be in the band and that's fine. And, but you're still going to be, you know, on the bus, on the bus. So after an excruciating three days yes. of waiting on this email, yeah. what happens? So, uh, I get a call from Tico, the band leader, which is not uncommon, you know, being that I was stage manager, monitor guy, there was always something. He's from Oklahoma. He's from Oklahoma. He's from Sepulpa. Yep. And I remember the most random things. Yeah. Like I, I just, I remember like when I went and watched you guys that one time, I remember oh, that guy's from Oklahoma too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's a weird name. <laughs> I'll never forget that name when so, somebody says it. Yeah. So I asked him about that side note and I was like, where did the nickname Tico come from? Taco so, Tico? Tell me. No, dude, I'm just so that's what I always say. Like I, I'll send him <laughs> pictures of it all the time. Uh, so his, he is half um, Costa Rican. And I didn't know this, but I guess Costa Ricans are called Ticos. Really? That's like... Uh, I have no clue. Uh, yeah, he's the only Costa Rican I know, so... Okay. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's a common nickname. But it was for cool. Him. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool so, but like you said, you'll never forget it, because he's the yeah. only Tico that I know. And, and he's from Oklahoma. And so from Tico Oklahoma. from Oklahoma calls you and says... So he calls me, and he starts asking me questions that he doesn't normally ask me, and he's telling me things, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And finally, after a few minutes, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you talked to Trisha. And I said, I said, well, I, last I talked to Trisha was, you know, a uh, few days ago. And she told me that uh, she was going to talk with you and Lauren. And then she was going to get back to me. And, and I said, but I hadn't heard from her. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, you're in the band. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I guess I better get to learning all these songs. 
So that was, it was a, you know, it was, I mean, it was perfect. It was, like I said, I, like you said, excruciating, just three days going, well, I, I guess I'm just, whatever. So, and so then, when you get that, do, yeah. do you have this like overwhelming joy or is it just, you know what, we're still business as usual uh, because everybody attacks that different. Everybody totally. has different emotions. Like, yeah. I, uh, I was, I was stoked. And then, and I remember like after getting off the phone, all of a sudden it hits me. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, this is here we go. Here we go. Yeah, for sure. And um, that weekend, we had like we had like two or three weekends where um, we were just gonna play, go back to being just uh, Tico on guitar, uh, McCoy on drums, Brandon on bass with Lauren, and I was still gonna be stage manager and monitor. Right. But I but they they were like, hey, bring your your gear with you, and we're gonna you know essentially at sound check those were going to be our first rehearsals. rehearsals so at sound check i'd get up with the guys and i'd play through the songs with them for i think two or three weekends we did that nerve-wracking uh the first time was yeah yeah because yeah, you feel like everybody's looking at you like yeah and, and, don't and screw up were, yeah they're looking at you like don't screw up and I, are you going to be playing this ride and and, uh, and? Like, everything was there was a couple things that i was you know that tico you know he's the band leader so right. it was like hey let's change how you're doing this and that and but i mean it was it, it, it worked out because we all knew each other right you know there's that there's a thing, uh, especially being on stage. You know, I'm sure you have the same thing with with your fellow announcers, where you know some some guys can be great musicians and you could be great friends, but you don't gel together on stage. And so, um, you know, fortunately, we all played well together. We all knew each other, and and it's it's uh, I don't know if people understand it, but it's an intimate thing. Being that I had been their monitor guy for a year, I was you know, I'm hearing what they're hearing. Yeah. So it's like, I, it was like, we already had this musical language between each other. Well, and when a guy comes to you and says, Hey, do this instead. Yeah. You're humble enough to go. Cool. It's like, all right. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I got that. Totally. Like that like there, you have to get rid of that ego sometimes. And, and like, you've been doing this for eons of time now, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is, I want to go this direction. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll well, listen. And they're, you know, like I said, I had only been used to having my own band. So there yeah. were, there were moments where I had to fight myself on that. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I uh, had some moments of tension, you know, I would say with Tico and, um, not bad, just like, right. you know, just like, well, that's not how I would play it. But then my brain would have to kick in. It's like, but this isn't your gig, Nick. Right. Like you're, you know, you're right. playing a part and, but, but I'm glad that I went through that. Like I said, the, it. I learned things that I would never have even thought of. Mm -hmm. um, and it, like you were saying, it gave me perspective on basically every other part of an artist's career that I had never done, you know, but it's like, I know it's like, it's like, I know what it's like to scrub the toilets all the way up to being, you know, the okay. guy on stage. <laughs> all right. We've got to rewind. Okay. We skipped a big part of this whole journey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we skipped a whole big part of this journey. And, and okay. So you've, you've went, I don't even know the chronological order. Yeah. Cause so you go from playing bars in Stillwater yep. to moving to Nashville to mm -hmm. just trying to get your foot in the door, driving a van and then running you know monitors to fixing guitars to all that stuff to now you're in a band for a major la major label artist yep. you're you know traveling the country but before you got to that yeah you went from playing in a band in stillwater yeah 
to singing on stage with Kenny Chesney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. the hell did we skip that uh, part? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, we've known each other for so dang long. <laughs> just thinks it's just second nature. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So, okay. Talk yeah. to me about back that. Up. Yeah. yeah. Back up. Rewind. Okay. So that was uh, that a was, long time ago. It was 2008. Uh, actually, it was May 2nd. It popped up on my Facebook really? memories. It was May 2nd, 2008. So what is that? 14 years? Yeah. Golly. Jeez Louise. So, um, okay. So let me back up. So yeah, so this is, I was in Stillwater, um, had, had a band, you know, had the band going full time. I was a full time college student and it's the only reason that that matters is this. So obviously it was finals week and the, okay, let me back up. So for people that don't understand yeah. about the music scene in Stillwater, yeah. like the whole quote unquote red dirt thing mm-hmm. that that everybody and, and I look at guys like like Casey Donahue, like Randy Rogers, like yeah. Wade Bowen mm-hmm. that are in there right now. So when we were coming up, yeah. it was Ragweed, yep. it was Bowling, it Stoney. was Stony LaRue, mm-hmm. Brandon uh Jenkins, Jen- yep. No Justice, like yeah. so much Blue good Ed music. And- oh my gosh, man. Yeah. Like it was so good. Um and I feel like we were fortunate enough to be right in the heart totally. of one of the greatest musical scenes Dude. ever in the history of music. 100%. Right? And we were just kind of ingrained in the middle of where it was all kind of happening. Yeah. Um, but with that, like all of these quote unquote, like I guess you would call them like college bar bands yeah. start to just kind of rise as mm-hmm. is the case most of the time. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it grows into this big kind of music genre. Yeah. You're in the middle of working your way through that process and building steam yeah. as one would. Yeah. Like we watch so many do. You're building steam and you're starting to grow. And this this Nick Gibson brand, yep. quote unquote, is starting to get some steam behind. Yeah, a little traction. Yeah. And then here we go, 2008. Yeah. So which we'll have to come back to this to the last week at Gypsy Cafe and Cafri because it'll all 360 all the way right. to this. But yeah, so... I was in college in Stillwater, uh, going to school full time. Had figured out how to make my schedule work to where I didn't have classes before noon, and I was I was playing six nights a week. The only night I didn't play was Sundays because at that point you couldn't sell alcohol on Sundays, and so that was my one day off. But yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, that my, was one, my one night off. Yeah, I wasn't playing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't remember every Mondays, um, every Mondays I played at a little bar in Tulsa called Crow Creek Tuesdays. There. I had, yep. Tuesdays I played, uh, at, I think at Roosters Been Wednesdays there. I played at the watering hole Been there. and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday I was somewhere, somewhere. with the band, you know? <laughs> uh, so I mean, we were just running and gunning and, and, um, so, uh, so that year, so 2008, uh, like I said, I had the band. We released the first album in 2007, No Other Way. So that one came out in 2007. So we had started getting some traction going. Mm-hmm. And 1019 The Twister down in Oklahoma City, um, that year, Kenny Chesney's tour, every single tour stop, he was having a local act open this open the show. And this, and Kenny's the biggest thing in music yeah, at the time. Was, like, hands was, down, biggest tour yep. that, that was because Garth had Garth taken was, he some, was, yep. a little hiatus. Yep. So Kenny had moved to the forefront. Kenny mm-hmm. Chesney's the biggest touring artist in in music. He tied from, if I remember correctly, he tied Garth with with four entertainers of the year in a row. Yeah, if I, at that time, so, he yeah. was he was he was the pinnacle of it. It was he was the, the man. It was the Poets and Pirates tour. I remember. 
And um, so the every tour stop, he had a local act open the show. And the way that it worked was whatever the main radio station for the tour, uh, essentially you had to, uh, it was all over the radio, so you had to submit a song. Mm-hmm. And then the radio station picked their favorite 10. And then they posted those 10 to the website, and then they were playing those 10 songs in rotation on the radio. And so then the listeners would go on and, and vote. vote. Yeah. What song was it that you posted? There's you no remember? other way. Okay. So send it in. They picked I it. I got as, a tractor that won't stay running. It won't stay running. I, I, so that story, I, that whole song is 100% true about me driving a tractor breaking hay we can get into that if okay. you want to but yeah so <laughs> i i send in no other way they pick it as a top 10 they put it on the deal and i i thought at the very least you're gonna get your song played on the radio right you now which and is they, cool which is cool you're right um so they're playing it on the radio people are con- you know are going in and voting and you can kind of you could go on and see wherever your percentages were and and i was just stoked to, that we were pretty much constantly always in the top four and so then what it was was whoever the top four was, they were going to essentially have a battle of the bands. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were fortunate enough to be voted in the top four. And so then what it was was, okay, if, you were, if you're picked to open for Kenny Chesney, you get 15 minutes. So you can do whatever you want in those 15 minutes. But the way the battle of the bands was was that you have to come and show us what you'll do in those 15 minutes. Oh, really? Yep. And it was voted by, it was six people. It was two people from the radio station. Mm-hmm. It was two people from Sony Nashville, if I remember correctly, which I think was Kenny's label. And then it was uh, two people from Kenny Chesney's camp. Okay. So you had this kind of smattering of people. So we had, it was April, uh, I think it was April 26th, if I remember correctly. It was like two weeks before the concert. Are you a guy that gets hung up on dates? No, but these ones I remember. Right. Well, yeah. I I mean because like I I remember January of 07 was the first time Jerome Robinson called me. Like there's little things like little that. Little things like and that. And I know yeah. some people that'll just rattle off just dates really, yeah. and it's like I don't know if you're lying or not. Right. No. That, some people have that photographic memory. Well, and and two again cuz it just popped up on my Facebook yeah. so it's kind of front of mind but you know in a, in 6 months I'd be like ah, I well, was April something. Sometimes <laughs> we'll keep track of that stuff. Yeah. You know, us normal folk can't. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so we, we knew coming in that, oh, so we knew before the battle of the bands thing, you know, that we were picked. And so what I did was I, we sat down with the band and we picked four songs. Wait, so it was rigged. It was not rigged. Um, but we can get to that too. Cause there's, there were, there were, uh, allegations of that. Oh, <laughs> now we're getting to the good stuff. Yeah. All right. So you sit down with the band. So sit down with the do? band. I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? So we picked four songs and, and, um, let's see. It was, I know it was, I go crazy. No need for goodbye. No other way. And I forget what the fourth one was. And I don't remember what order they were in, but what I did was once we figured out the order, we figured out that it would fit in 15 minutes. And so every single show up until the battle of the bands, we played it in that order in every single set we played. So if you came and watched Smart. us, you saw those four songs three times a night in that same order so that it became, it was like muscle memory at right. that point. We knew what we were going to do when we got out on stage. No we exactly what we were the doing. major artists go through their rehearsals and they play this song in this order. Just exactly. They go down the set list. Yeah. And okay. I, that's what, I, that was my motto back then was if you want to play with the big boys, you got to practice like the right. big boys do. That's cool. 
So we did that for weeks, and then we got to the Battle of the Bands, and there were, oh, God, we had to sign this contract of, like, all these things we couldn't do. And it was, it wasn't, like, bad stuff. Like, one of right. them was, like, you can't drink at all before you go on stage. Fair. And yeah, totally. Just little stuff like yeah. that. And so we get there, and the, and the, um, the tour was sponsored by uh, Corona. Yeah. And uh, uh, forget Kenny's rum, uh, blue blue chair rum. I think it was. So we get there to the Battle of Bands, and backstage is just full of coolers with Coronas and rum. Yeah, it's a bar, right? And we get back there, and and I because I before we go inside, I told the guys, I was like, remember, we all sign this. Nobody drink anything. Nobody do any of this stuff. It's like I don't want us getting, you know, pitched out on a technicality. So we get in there and I'll never forget. We walk in the green room. We're having like a meeting with the four sets of people and the four artists in their band. And all of the other guys just bust into the coolers and start drinking Coronas. And I just like, I look at my dudes in the band. I'm like, don't any of you guys touch any of those, you know? And I don't know if they did that on purpose as, as like, we're going to test and see if these guys read the contracts or what. I, I don't know, but there was a woman who was walking around with a clipboard just taking notes. And I, look, because at the end of the day, how you present yourself, especially yeah. when you've agreed to something, if it, this is, this pisses me off. Like yeah. if, and in my business in any business, if you say you're going to do something, if people call the yeah. gym and say, I'm going to show up at six o'clock um, to get a membership, yeah. well, we're staying late. So, yeah. And if I stay late and you don't show you know, up, oh, dude, you're yeah. an asshole to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, if you tell me you're going to do something and you don't follow through, that's yeah. on you. And I'm probably going to remember it. Hold a grudge. I might not be a jerk to you. I but might compartmentalize it. it yeah. But the next time you do it, it's yeah. like like I've heard that like when, when you get in certain trouble with the law, um, that it kind of disappears. Like things can disappear until you do it again in your second offense. Exactly. That shit pops right back, back up. Yeah. That's how I look at things like that. Totally. You get a once. You I get like a once. that. You yeah. get a once. Yeah. You get a once. Yeah. Fool me once. Shame on yeah. whatever it is. Whatever, you, whatever you know the, the deal. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the words of our president, you, 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 you know the thing. The thing anyway. and the stuff. All right. So, um, but yeah, so they're all, all the other guys. And I was just like, obviously they didn't read it or just or, don't care or just don't care. So, you know, none of us had whatever the rules were. I mean, I, I was right. probably a little bit of too much of a stickler about it because it's I mean, okay. You wanted guys, it. I wanted That's it. That's fine. So we we you know I guess at one point because um, we always used to do a vocal warm up and we went outside right out the green uh, green room door and we were out in this field and uh, uh, one of our buddies was there with us and I guess that woman I I didn't see this but he's told me this story numerous times I guess that woman came out inside the door and was like what are they doing and he was like oh they're doing their vocal warm-up they we always did it acapella just the four of us and i he said she pulled out her uh clipboard and goes vocal warm-up huh and started writing on it and just turned around and he was like what are you writing?" or as he was saying it she walked back <laughs> in the door and was like i don't know if that's good or bad but so we went through the thing and we got up there and you know did our 15 minutes like we'd done it for whatever the three or four weeks that we'd been rehearsing it and and um the, the and and ended up they picked us as the winners and there's pictures online of of all of us hugging each other on stage and I just remember like looking at those guys and I I remember thinking this is the moment where everything changes yeah and um and it 
wasn't, but I remember sitting there thinking, I mean, it, but it's one of, it's it's one one of of, many. Yes, exactly. And now that I'm closer to 40 than I am 20, I can say that about like the, the journey. Exactly. There's, there's, there's a multitude of those moments where everything changes. Yeah. And it's all of those moments added together that get you to that place. Yeah. The, what's it? The sum is greater than the parts. That's, that was, that was. That moment. That was the life-changing moment. Yes. Boom. Boom. There you go. So, and then one of the things that, so we were talking about the rigged part, alleged part. <laughs> when when they first, when they got us all together and they were giving us the, you know, the speech and everything, they said that, hey, you know, it's going to make this a lot easier on everybody if we can just use one drum kit and one back line and all this stuff. And before anybody else had a chance to say anything, I was like, you can, we can use ours. Because I knew that would give us a leg up. We would be on our gear mm-hmm. and everybody else would have. So it wasn't that it was that part was rigged. It was just that was a tactical decision that yeah. I made. Like, hey, you can use our stuff. And well, be the first to step up and say, yeah. Yeah. And so, it's, it's twofold. One, you've got your stuff that you're yep. familiar with. But at yes. the same time, of course, because musicians sometimes yeah. are notorious for saying, hell no, you're not going to use my stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was twofold. It was like you said, we would get our own, our own gear B, you know, you're helping everybody uh, else yeah, out team player. And, yep. and so, but that was one thing I've heard several times from several different people. Nobody's ever said it to me, but I've heard it from other people. It's like, Oh, that wasn't fair. That was rigged. You guys got to use your own stuff. And da-da-da. I'm just like, do we want to put those people on blast? Because I will beat their. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> I don't honestly. I, I I just heard the stories. Yeah, it was it's all good. But yeah, it's uh, and then there was there's some other stuff. That, but it was like you know what, I I can put my head on the pillow and yeah. I know that it wasn't rigged and I you know we didn't do anything wrong. It was just tactical decisions. We've yeah. been doing it, you know. And so, but uh, like I said, they they picked us and and. Um, and it, it, I mean, it, it was life changing. Uh, I remember, uh, so the night we played was, it was the week after finals week at OSU. And one of my classes had an attendance policy. And you could only, I think you could only miss three days <laughs> unexcused, which I did in the first week. Right. So. Like, so I missed, I had missed. I missed one just because I slept in and didn't right. go or something. One I had a legitimate excuse for, mm-hmm. um, and the professor didn't uh, excuse me, so I had missed two classes. Right. Even though the excuse I had a legitimate excuse, it was and it was a law class. Wasn't I, good enough for them. Uh, yeah, I had I had gotten pulled over, and there was a mistake that they said that my license was suspended, but it wasn't. But I had to go to. The, see the judge and prove right. that it wasn't da, 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 da. and so i had all this and the judge just missed it and everything was fine but the professor was like nope that's that's your fault that you got pulled over so he didn't excuse him I'm like, well whatever okay so that was two now that you say that it kind of makes sense i but mean anyways yeah the part getting pulled over so, i get yeah <laughs> so you can't the, miss the third so i can't miss the third and uh the um but the third was the day of the battle of the bands Oh, so I was like, no. he's not going to care. So I, I was like, well, so I failed that class so that we could be at the Battle of the Bands to get to go open for Kenny Chesney at the Fort. Was Center. it worth it? Totally worth it. Okay. I retook the class and I 
don't even remember the name of it and don't even care. So, uh, because you're obviously using it a lot now yeah, in your using music a whole career. lot, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you, so you get the nod. You guys are gonna, you know, you, you guys are gonna be the the opening, opening, yep. opening band, the yep. first band on stage. First you got one. 15 minutes. Yep. But you're on Kenny's stage. The mm-hmm. big backdrops. Do you remember who else played? It was us, Leanne Rhymes, Kenny Chesney. That oh, was it. it was so just, just three. three. Of us. Yeah. Because typically a yeah, tour has three more, bands, yeah. and then you know there'll be a couple. Players. No, no, it was yeah, it was just us three. Really? Yeah. So, was. um, what's cool to me, and there's a video floating around somewhere, yeah, of Kenny bringing you out on stage. Yeah. Talk me through that. Okay. So that that night was the, it, we were it was the fourth night of the tour, so it was like really early on the tour. We were the fourth night, and um, I had seen on. It was either the first or second night. I remember he had gotten the local guy up mm-hmm. to sing with him, and I was like, "God, what if he does that with me? I'd be crazy." I don't, you know, but nobody said anything Do you about know it. every Kenny Chesney song, right? Ever so then I was point, like, yeah. "Oh my God!" So we had we played our set, you know, did great, had a blast. Um, and after the show, we were, uh, you know, we're down in the pit just watching the show, and we were maybe halfway through the show maybe two-thirds of the way through the show and there was one point where i was standing literally right up against the stage and i just i i had in i was like i want to shake his hand and just say thank you because you you didn't get to meet him or any of that no yeah he was you know he's off doing once once we were sound checked we you know he was off being kenny chesney probably on the radio or tv or something and and um so there was I walked up to the front of the stage and he came by and he was shaking people's hands and he got to me and I remember I just reached up and I grabbed his hand and I just looked at him I tapped my chest and I said thank you and he shook my hand and then did a double take and he was and he looked at me and he goes I'm gonna get you up here and I was like you know and the band guys are sitting there and they're all like oh my god you know so we're all freaking out and I'm like did he just say that? He said that, right? You know, and they're okay. So, so I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. But to me, my first thought is, you're not just some random guy. So he had to have watched right. part of your show, that was, part yeah. of your set. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh my god, which I think is a huge deal. Totally. Okay. It was like I was like, oh god, okay. So he knew who I was, shaking his hand, saying thank you, and then being like, I'm going to get you up here. And then it was maybe. I don't know, maybe five minutes later. I mean, it wasn't that long after right. we had we had this guy who was like our liaison who was in charge of us, and he come. I'm sitting there watching the show, and I feel a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around, and he just looks at me and he goes, "Come with me." I'm like, "Okay." So we we go walk, and I said, "What's up?" And he goes, "I don't know. Kenny wants you." And I was like, "Oh shit, here we go." And so they get me all set up with with ears and they hand me a microphone and i'm like what song are we doing they were like i don't know they just kenny just said go get you and i was like cool so we walk up the side of the stage and i don't remember what song it was i was sitting there singing along i was like okay i know this song yeah and i'm just sitting there singing along singing along singing along song ends okay okay it's not that not one. <laughs> that one next song starts and it was one of his new ones and i was like i don't know this song so i'm sitting there and i had it been on the radio it was the one where he talks about the yoo-hoo floating on the yeah. floorboard yeah and i was like okay i kind of know this and, and then that ends and it's and it's not that one I'm like, okay fires off on the next song and it was one that i knew and singing through it and he doesn't get me out there and i'm like oh okay well wonder how long I'm going to be up here. And so then I kind of quit thinking about it and I'm just looking at the crowd and looking around and like taking everything in yeah. and he, and they kick off into she thinks my tractor's sexy. 
And I'm like, okay, I know this song. But again, at that point, I'm like, well, he's not going to call me out there. So I'm looking around. Yeah, this is his big hit. Yeah, it's his big hit. I was like, he's not going to call me out on this one. So I'm looking around, just watching the band. And then all of a sudden, I hear, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for your next big star winner, Nick Gibson. And I was like, whoa. And so I, I walk out there and, you know, they had said, well, he's going to, you know, he's going to get you out to sing or whatever. And right when he introduced me, he's right leading into the chorus. And so I walk out and I just instinctively start singing. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of looking at him. I realize right after I'm like, oh, wait, this is, am I supposed to be doing this? We're live. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> and they we're in you know, this arena, 20,000 people. And I kind of look at him and he's, he's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is why you're here. And I'm yeah. like, okay. So I'm singing. And he walks me out to the front and. And I keep kind of singing, and I turn around again and, and kind of look like, is this cool? Am I supposed to be doing this? And he just goes like that. <laughs> and in the video, you can see me, and I just, I'm just i like, all right, I don't know when I'm going to get this opportunity again. And I just turn around, and I'm like pointing at people in the crowd. And the coolest moment of that whole night was in that moment, just clear as a bell, I can still see it. I saw my mom and my grandma oh, in the you. middle oh. of the crowd just clear as a and there are you know they're up and they're waving and going crazy and i i mean i remember like i remember just like scanning the crowd and i turn and i just saw him like it was like it was you know all i could see yeah and uh so he got me up you know and 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 sang on that song and i he you know i was there for the whole rest of the song and he they brought out a guitar and he signed the guitar and he had me sign the guitar and and uh, so afterwards, after the show, we were all kind of hanging out, and and uh, his people, they were like, nobody expected you to go do that, and <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, did I mess it's up? You know? Yeah, I was like, it's a bad thing, and, and they were like, no, 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 if it was bad, you would already know, and I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. And uh, but I kept hearing that from Kenny's people, like from the monitor guys to yeah. you know the crew to our liaison to everybody, and they they were like, yeah, we. We did it with a guy the other night. He just kind of stood there with like a deer in headlights, and and I was like, dude, I, I was just like, I don't know when I'm going to get this opportunity again. I'm make the most of it. Yeah, I'm I'm taking it. And uh, you, you've been doing this. You've been preparing for this moment your whole life, yeah. whether you knew it or not. Totally. Like all the work and all the all the things you've done. It's yeah. For moments like that, so hell yeah, jump in, take advantage of it. I yeah. my question is, yeah. I wonder where that guitar is at. I don't know. I would yeah. love to know who who got that guitar. I, yeah, like I'm sure they gave it away to somebody. I, I here think they town. gave it. Like I thought they gave it or, away during see, that show. Yeah, because I, for some reason I remember seeing that video and I, I remember I remember watching you sign that guitar after mm -hmm. he, you know, and I was like, did they just hand it to somebody in the crowd? They or must like, have, I want yeah. to know where that guitar. Now, is. Yeah, yeah. I need to go back and look at that video again and see because they must have just handed it to somebody that was down in the pit or yeah. side or something like that yeah what if he's got it at his house i mean if he's I, sitting there and he's got you know yeah hanging bet, up looking at it like not, probably not so i have <laughs> i got a funny story about that not so a couple it was a couple years later i was out on the road with david cook yeah and um we were uh i remember we were down in dallas and i forget who the band there was a a band that was opening for us on that tour and we um went up on their bus mm -hmm. after the show and i walked up and i was standing right up by the front of the bus you know the bus drivers there and they're ready to go and you know i'm sure now knowing bus drivers are like oh, i don't gotta sit here and deal with these guys party and i just want to get on the road you know but 
because that's their job and, and they want to they want to rock and roll and but anyway we're sitting there and the bus driver i just kind of looked over and said hey how's it going you know because like i said he was sitting there just ready for us to quit being musicians so we can get on down the road and he said oh i'm doing pretty good how you doing so i was just kind of sitting there bullshitting with him and he goes he goes man i i, I remember you and and i kind of looked at him and i said oh i well, i'm not sure about that and he goes no i remember you and he said you were on tour with us last year and i said uh n- no and and i remember i was standing there with dave's um front of house guy and i, I said no I, I don't think that was me and he goes no I, I remember you and and he said yeah you were out with us last year and as i was saying no you've got me confused with somebody else as those were as i was saying no i don't think it was he goes with kenny chesney and it wait what yeah so somehow the bus drivers were there, I guess, because it was towards the end of the show, and yeah. they were just in there watching, watching the end of the show. He remembered darn. me from the Kenny Chesney show. That's from cool. The you know year year and a half ago, and I just randomly ran into him on a tour bus in Dallas. You know, a year and a half later, and so that was that was a pretty. And I remember Dave's production manager goes, "Dude," he starts <laughs> slapping me in the arm, and and uh, so that's another yeah. kind of you made up moment. Totally, like yeah, I, was I, another I, nod, I do. I man. believe in that thing. So, yeah, totally another nod from the universe. Like, hey, dude, you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, um, Garth's your guy. Garth's my guy, yep. I, and I know you're a big Stevie Ray Vaughan guy. Yep. But let's take those two out of the equation. Okay. Who is it? And I know that's that's so tough. I mean, honestly, I would I I'm gonna have to say uh Mato Nanji from Indigenous. Oh. Um yeah. Yeah. So and I had the opportunity last year to open for them as well. And, and you ju- you got to play with them. Got right? to play with them, yeah. He asked me up to play and uh you know that was that was amazing too. Like I remember, you know, he's, I've been, I've been following them since I, I like, I didn't go to my high school prom to go to an indigenous. Really? Show. Yep. Never regretted it once. <laughs> uh, so I've been, you know, following them around since I was a teenager and he's always been gracious and kind and remembers me every time too. But this was our first time where we had, I had the opportunity to share right. the stage with them. And so, uh, we were there and we were loading in and, you know, they had sound checked and he came over and Mateau was talking to me and was being you know like i said gracious and mm-hmm. kind and he said hey man would you want to get up and, and jam with me and i and i was kind of like yes i'd be an honor you know just kind of blabbering he's like cool man we'll just leave your stuff up there and when we get up to do our encore i'll call you up and get That's up cool. and jam with us and i was like okay so then that was a little more nerve-wracking because i had the whole afternoon and yeah. then the whole show to think about it but so we got to the end of the show and, and, uh, he called, you know, they go their encore and he calls me up. And so I get up on stage and he looks, he just goes, you know, Hey Joe, Jimmy Henderson I said, yep. And he doesn't say anything else. And he just kicks off on the song and, uh, which is, which is great because you throw yourself in the frying pan, you know what right. I mean? Yep. And so they kick off and I'm like, all right. And I knew the song. So I'm sitting there and I'm playing and, and it was crazy. I remember sitting there thinking, I was like, this is going like exceptionally easily and meaning there was, there was no effort. Like he and I were staying, you know, musically probably same with, with announcing we're we're staying out of each other's way. Right. Like if you're announcing, you're obviously some people you just flow with, right. Just natural. Yeah. Like there's just a chemistry. Totally. Like I've got a few people that like, 
And those are, are things that a lot of people won't understand. It, it's yeah. kind of like the perfect marriage, which a lot of people don't believe exists anymore. But when you find that person that you just gel with, like yeah. it's just, and it's so effortless. Fun. It's so fun. Yeah. That was. When that, you get me into philosophy and like ideology, like thinking about things like that, yeah. I could go full on 90s Garth Brooks in the way that I look at things and really dive into like yeah. just how emotional and how fun and joyous those things can be yeah. when they gel just right for sure um but yeah i, I we played and it was amazing and I, I remember sitting up there i was just like god 16 year old nick would not believe cool? this you know and then at, it was a day or two later i was thinking on it and i was like it hit me i was like well of course you played it was effortless with him because you learned to play by listening to his yeah. him and yeah. stevie ray and it was so it's like it's like I'm learn. I was playing along with somebody that I've been playing along with right. since I was 16, but it was the first time that we were both on stage together in so, real life. In real life, yeah. Um, so those 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 are definitely my top country three. music. Country music, man. Because I'm, is is that where you want to stay? 100. percent Yeah. Okay. It's I, you know it's I mean obviously I got a little bit of rock and roll in me, but um, and I, I if people get a chance to go see you, like, yeah. Back in our younger days, I would go frequent some of the places that you would be at. And, and like you would sit at that little Crow Creek Tavern in yeah. Tulsa and you would play everything from old country to Stevie Ray Vaughan to Lady Gaga. To, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like it was a freaking jukebox yeah. like, of just, but it's like, that's what. And you get it. It's entertaining. Yeah, You're totally. putting on a party for everybody. Yeah, for sure. You're making everybody laugh and have fun and do all these things. Telling goofy stories. Throwing in some serious stuff and making people go, damn, this guy's really good. And then hit him with a Lady Gaga. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, but but it's it's fun to me. But country's the lane you want to be in. Country's the lane I want to be in. Who's uh, your country? Man, artist. honestly, right now, really, Chris Stapleton Luke Combs. Oh, they're so good. Those two dudes are like, you know, obviously, Stapleton just sing anything mm-hmm. great writer same mm-hmm. thing with luke great singer great stapleton writer had a rock band stapleton had a rock band and exactly they, it they was were, so badass they were awesome yeah um and, and like ain't man anything luke touches turns to diamond right now yeah. it's in it's insane how good that guy is I, and i love that i love that country music is coming back to kind of being you know real vulnerable mm-hmm. raw you know who i love and that word raw. Yeah. Morgan Wallen. Yeah. Like I know he's throwing out some poppy stuff, mm. you know, the Broadway girls and stuff. Yeah. But like like his TikTok and all that stuff, when it's yeah. just him and a guitar. Yeah. He's damn. great. He's and the, great the, voice. The, he just dropped a song today or yesterday. Um now I'm gonna have to look it up because it's so good. I can't remember the name of it. He's yeah, his voice, like you said, just him and a guitar. That's for me, that's the metric, right? Bingo. Can you sit there with or just a piano or whatever? If you can just sit there with with a voice and an instrument, that's that's what it really you Thought know. you should know. I haven't heard that one. Okay. Oh really? Mm-mm. Oh, dude. It's so good. And and you'll love it. And I don't care I don't care who you are, what you're doing. Uh it's it's a it's a hey mama. Look what I'm doing. Kind okay. of song. Yeah. It's cool. You'll, you'll dig it. I promise yeah, you'll heck dig yeah. it. Um, yeah, man. It, it's crazy. I, like 16-year-old Nick would probably <laughs> not believe today, 2022 Nick. Dude, yeah. If I could go back to 17-year-old Matt for like one hour, yeah. There's you'll appreciate this. We're in Owasso, Oklahoma. Um, my mom and I decided to go Christmas shopping mm-hmm. in Tulsa. 
And the girl I was dating at the time, huge Garth Brooks fan. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, of course, mad at me, like always, right. decided not to go shopping with us. <laughs> Lo and behold, tired, end of the day, mom's like, we'll just pull in here to Arby's and we'll stop and we'll eat dinner. Yeah. And we are standing in line at Arby's and everybody behind the counter just stops and everybody's gawking. And I'm like, hey, make my food. I'm starving. What's going on? What the hell are you guys doing? And I look and six inches away from me, I look at this guy and he looks at me and it was just kind of a, like a double take. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, I just, I look at my mom and my mom's got this huge, like, (laughs) smile on her face and look and she's not looking at that guy. And I look. Anyways, long story short, Garth. Yeah. And um, same thing. He speaks. I speak. We talk. Yeah. Go back and forth. We go around to sit down. And somehow, I don't know how this happened, but my mom and I are, end up sitting at a table with Garth and his three daughters. At the same table? At the same table. And, and like, and like, this is where life changed for me, yeah. not because I met Garth, right. but because I got to witness everything I had heard and everything that I still hear about, I got to see every person in that restaurant come over to Garth and him stand up and give them his full attention. And, and I'd love to sit and talk to Allie about this and tell her because she like, those girls had to be like two and four and six. Like they were, they were all wearing sweatpants and Mm -hmm. cowgirl boots. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'll never forget that. Yeah. And, um, but like, my mom is helping them because they're dr- dropping stuff oh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And she's putting their coat back on the chair and stuff like that. But I watched him stand up and completely stay engaged with his family. Yeah. But stay completely engaged with whoever was talking. Yeah. Stand up and give them every second of the time that they wanted. Look them in the eye. Yeah. Genuinely care about giving them that moment. Yeah. And just... Yes, it was before. Like we had cameras on cell phones right, and yeah. that stuff. I never you just, got it. You got to live in that moment. Yeah, and and I had him sign like the back of one of those papers that go on a tray, yeah, the bottom yeah, part yeah. of the tray. I've lost it like an idiot, right. you know. <laughs> um, but but I got to watch how like one of the biggest stars in the mm-hmm. world treated people, and I was just like, I've never forgot that. And I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to like be in a world where we have fans in the PBR and like every time I see a guy I don't want to say slight but not give a fan their full attention it pisses me off and that's why because yeah because if Garth Brooks has time for every single person that wants to talk to him yeah you can take 30 60 seconds out of your day for sure and and give those people that moment yeah and thankfully I don't see a lot of that in in our world yeah you know but I just, I'll never forget that, man. Dude, that's so awesome. Crazy, cool yeah. life lesson. Yeah. Well, it's, and I, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't want to say I model myself after him, but he was such a big inspiration for me. And, you know, I've had moments like that where I've, I've, I have, you know, like you said, slighted people, not meant to, but you know, if right. you have a bad day or something, but it's like, you can't have, you can't do that. Can't have bad you can days. see it in their face. And I, you know, the handful of times that I've done it, it's just like, oh man, I, you know, and, and I realized that I messed up and, and it's one of those things you can't really come back from, mm-hmm. it's, you know, cause you've, you've automatic, it's like that don't meet your heroes thing. Yeah. Not that I'm anybody's hero, but it's, it's like, oh man, I, I hurt yeah. this person's but, but feeling. You never bum, know. You know what? Right. Yeah. Like you, th- you go back to like, you know, you thinking about indigenous and, and things right. like that. Like you don't know who's looking at you going, man, I, I want to be him just someday. I want to be that cool. Yeah. I, 
hey, prime example. Dude, I keep yeah. <laughs> picture me and Hulk Hogan on my desk. Dude, you know why? Because yeah. that dude treated me like he had known me forever. Dude, that that picture. There's a picture of me and Hogan on my desk here in my office, and that day in particular, you look so stoked, man. That's oh, awesome. Look at me. <laughs> I know, man. I'm in my I'm in my 30s in that picture, <laughs> full blown giddy, and like a five year old on his freaking kindergarten graduation, six year old, 100%. whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> but it was genuine because, uh, long story short, buddy of mine and I were working out in the gym. He knew Hogan, whatever. He starts talking to my buddy about me like he's kind of a big guy getting ring yada 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 next thing i know he's going hey try this he just walks up to me dude i'll never forget the first thing hulk hogan said to me was damn never never miss a leg day do you brother Uh, i I was born with like genetically gifted legs yeah and i was like (laughs) yeah i mean you know what do you say yeah yeah. i'm like i pissed myself (laughs) let's be completely honest uh but it but but and then the few times I've visited with him since then, yeah, always the same guy. That's yeah, and that I awesome. know because I watch the tabloids and TMZ and all that other yeah, stuff yeah. too. Dude's going through some shit yeah. at times, and never treated anybody different. That's, uh, and, that's and, awesome. In front of me, right? Yeah. And that's all I can judge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just think that's so cool. I think that's a life lesson that one hundred percent. You know, I'm not. I'm by no means like. Uh, uh, I don't know, like a motivational speaker or anything like that. But I try in every one of these podcasts to at least throw something in there. It's like, hey, don't forget this. This is a pretty good lesson to keep in mind. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it kind of ties about, you know, don't don't forget your don't forget where you came from, you know? Yeah. And uh, you know, being that Garth's an Oklahoma boy and like I said, he's God, he's just all you ever heard were those stories about how great he was to people. And now I've, I'm, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I can't believe we've never talked about that story with you, but yeah, you know, weird. that's, that's a new story that where it's just another one. And you know, I, I, the last time I talked to him, it was so cool. He called me Hoss, which was like, he goes, you know what you got to do Hoss. And I was like, Oh my God, Garth Brooks just called me Hoss, you know? Uh, but it was, and he's this same way. Like I watched him do it with the all the people in line and then yeah. actually that was how we stopped talking was we were still talking he was fully engaged with me and we went off into music tangents yeah. and i was telling him about playing with lauren and everything and and all of a sudden i realized he's been sitting here talking to me for like five minutes all these people all these like, people are I was trying like, hey we'll catch up and I, i'll never forget the last thing he said hey man i love you brother i'll see you in nashville and gave yeah. him a big hug and i was like I love you too. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah. "Oh my God, what is but this?" You genuinely do. You totally, like, yeah. genuinely do. Even whether it's from a fan's perspective, like a hero, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I I feel that way. Jim Ross, um, and yeah. I have become friends yeah. over the years, and uh, I still just like the the picture of me and Hogan. There's yeah. a picture of me and Jim yep. Ross on my office wall because I go to a book signing one day, and he's like, "Hey," and we get to visiting, yeah. and he just slides me his piece of paper, and he goes, "That's my cell phone number. Let's let's chat." Yeah. And so I texted him that night. He immediately was back and forth and then a few days later he reached out and like we just we've we've kept this connection for a few years now yeah. and shit he took me and my wife to breakfast in jacksonville oh, nice. beach florida yeah. it's like it's one of those things where everybody says don't meet your heroes yes i think be selective in who your heroes are yep that's true not, it's not always going to work out yeah. but i got fortunate yeah very fortunate. Yeah. For um, sure. So what's next? Do we, do you have plans of new music or, or yeah? What? Are so we just hitting the road. What's like, going on? Yeah. So to bring it all back, like I said, so when I watched Luke, to bring it back to November of this past year, seeing Luke down in Dallas, and I I 
I watched him. I wa- and it was when he started singing "Beautiful Crazy," and that arena just erupted. And so good. In that moment, I was like, "This is what I want to do. This is what I've been chasing after. This is what." you know, my dream is and, and all those things that, you know, us as dreamers say to ourselves. And I was like, okay, well, Nick, you've gotten to see the highest level of this, you know, with the closest view, except for being, you know, the artist on stage. You've been as close to that spot as as you can get without without being being that 100%. And so I got to see all the things that are expected of them, you know, all the all the background work. Not not all, but I got to see a whole lot, and I was like, that doesn't scare me. I'm totally all for this. But the biggest thing that I was like, okay, well, Nick, you need to start writing songs again. Mm-hmm. And for those of you guys who don't know, you know, when I was in Stillwater, I wasn't the songwriter guy. Everybody else, that's what everybody else kind of focused on. Right. Gibstones, Chad Solons. Uh, Kale Lester, Evan Felker from the yeah. Troubadours, yeah, like yeah, yeah. all those guys, you know, even, so cool to see Troubadours, back. dude. Ah, oh, man, they're so good, so stoked, so man, good, man. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what a journey that guy's been on. I know it, man. I'm so happy for him, and I, I just, I hope it. God, yeah, know, he's one of those guys that were there. We were all just sitting around with acoustics, dreaming of this, and yeah. to see all of them be there is it's so rad. Um, but so I, I, um, and and like I said earlier losing chad and chad was was like i said great singer great songwriter and he would always ask me he'd say i want to hear something you wrote and again i wasn't i wasn't ever really focused on that um but seeing luke's show down in dallas i was like all right well nick if you want to throw your name in the hat you know like i said we had lost chad the pandemic had made me really go Dude, we get one shot at this light. Mm-hmm. If and I, I, if we're gonna, if we get one shot, I'm using both barrels. Yeah. And so, I came home after that weekend. I remember I was sitting in my mom's back porch here in Tulsa, and um, I was I was getting kind of antsy. I was like, I got to do something. I got to do something. I was like, I'm gonna see if I can write a song. I went upstairs, ended up writing a song that afternoon called "Can I Come Over." And I haven't stopped since. Really? I wrote a song. Actually, I wrote a song uh, uh, yesterday, day before called, uh, so those of you guys who do, who do know me, one of my bigger songs that I did write, well, I say bigger, the ones that people generally like is a song called I Go Crazy. Really? Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Which, by the way, is kind of what started the wheels on all this. Just real quick yeah. to interject. Um, you're singing the national anthem, and I'm, I, I we're in this green room. Yeah. You're warming up oh, yeah, full right. circle back full to the circle. start yeah. of this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. three, four perfect. hours ago. Yeah. Um, and I say, you know, here, hey, play I Go Crazy. Yeah. Buddy of mine walks in, sets down. You start playing it. All of a sudden, one of the judges walks in. Yeah. All of a sudden, another guy walks in. Then people yeah. are stopping in the hallway. And I'm just like, and everybody's like texting me, who the hell is that guy? Yeah. Who, who is that guy? But it was that song. Was you I start playing I Go Crazy. Yep. I love it. And Dude. every time I've ever been in front of you anywhere, I'm like, hey, I go crazy. Hey, play that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways. So, so the other day I wrote this, the most recent song I wrote is a song and it's called Still Go Crazy. And the hook of the the, the chorus is, uh, even though it's been forever, I still go crazy over you. Really? Yeah. Brand new song that nobody's heard yet other than me in my head. But uh, I've now written, God, I've lost track at how many I've written, and, and which isn't a lot for some people, but I've written 40 or 50 songs since right. since that weekend in, in November. And uh, 
So when I went back to Nashville after the holidays, um, I was like, all right, well, Nick, the one thing you haven't done here in town is go out and play songwriter nights. I, I, I never did that. Yeah. Again, because that wasn't my focus. So going back to, well, I'll get to that here in a second. So I go out. I was I was back in Nashville for a couple of weeks and just kind of like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. It was I, I felt like I felt like a fish out of water because I was like, I know how to swim, but right. where do I go? And so finally one night I was like, I'm just going to look up songwriter nights. And I looked up and the first one that popped up was uh, at the Commodore Grill. And I had heard of the place and it's been a songwriter hub for a while. And they had a show listed that night. And I was like, I'm just going to go watch it. Mm-hmm. So I showed up and I, well, so I showed up that night, sat down, songwriters were playing. I listened and uh, I thought, okay. And so for those of you guys who don't know, songwriter rounds, you have four people on stage. Everybody plays a song and it goes around and that's why it's called songwriter round. Each person gets three songs. So are you comparing like your stuff to what you're hearing at the time yeah. or are you just yeah, kind of I mean, jamming? Well, okay. at first I'm just kind of jamming yeah. and then I'm like, okay, like I, it's just them sitting there with an acoustic right. and I start going, well, I can do that. I did that for years. Yep. That's how I got here. That's how I got here, right. And so the difference is, though, I did it singing other people's songs. And I'm like, man, these guys are up there singing their own songs. And so I watched, I think, two or three rounds. And there's a host. Her name's Debbie Champion. And so Debbie was up there hosting. And after every round, she'd introduce, you know, before every round, she'd introduce and thank everybody and blah, blah, blah. So I'd been sitting there maybe an hour, an hour and a half. And so finally I get up the gumption to go talk to her. So I go introduce myself and say, Hey, I'm Nick Gibson and I'm a singer, songwriter, artist here in town. And I, what do I just wanted, what do I need to do to be considered to be able to come play one of these songwriter nights? And she goes, well, usually you have to come and audition and it's uh, you know, you get one song on an open mic night type of deal. Da, da, da. She said, but I had four people cancel on me tonight. So if you want to play a song here when these guys are done as your audition, we'll just have you get up there and do that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was fortunately just smart enough to put the guitar in the truck when I yeah. drove over there. I said, okay, never leave home without never it. Never leave home without it. So I, I go out the truck, get my guitar, come back in get tuned up right as I'm like ready to go. They get off the stage. So I walk up on stage and I'm like, okay, I get one song. So I, I played, uh, I don't even remember. I was, I was so nerve wracking. I think I played, I go crazy. Cause I was like, I know that one will be yeah. somewhat of, it's got a track. Somebody record. will connect. To yeah. it. Yep. So I play it and I'm, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, that's my audition. And so Debbie gets on her host mic and she's like, Hey, do you do you have two or three more songs you could play? And I said, Yeah. She Girl, like, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she said, Okay, we'll play them. And I was like, Okay. I was like, Well, that's got to be a good sign. So I ended up playing, you know, my my three songs, uh, but just by myself as my audition. And afterwards, Debbie came up and she gave me her card and she said, Call me. I want to get you booked to come play here. And I was like, Wow. Okay. That's this is amazing. And then. Uh, maybe five, 10 minutes later, she comes back over. She says, Hey, actually, can you come back and play here on, this was a Monday night. She said, can you play Wednesday at six 30? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And so from that, I started playing these songwriter nights at a place called, like I said, the Commodore grill a place called the local a place called live Oak a place called tin roof. Yeah. So since, uh, February, since I got back in town, I've been playing these songs and, and now I've met, uh, 
some people that I'm working with in Nashville. Shout out to Jennifer and Brandon. Um, and they actually um, came and watched us play at Calf Fry and played another show here in Tulsa. They came to check us out, full band. And um, so, yeah, we've I've got, like I said, I've got new music on the way and, and uh, we're gearing up to figure that out and to kind of fully 360 it just uh last week they had the gypsy cafe in in stillwater which for those of you guys who don't know it's a it's a songwriter festival here in oklahoma and it benefits the red dirt relief fund which helps out musicians in their times of need and i had never been asked to be a part of it which i you know i wasn't a songwriter guy well then this year they asked me to be a part of it which was amazing and my favorite moment of it though was (laughs) after we played our set this guy that I've known forever used to come watch us play in Stillwater all the time. He comes up to me, goes, dude, I, I never knew you wrote your own songs. And I started laughing. I said, well, yeah, I, I didn't really, I had written a couple. And, and I said, I know he goes, no, he goes, man, when you were here in Stillwater, like you were just trying to be, you know, like the next Garth Brooks, you weren't the songwriter guy. And, right. and which is, I mean, that's a fair point. And right. So, but it was cool to see his reaction to these songs that I'm, that I'm actually now writing. And, uh, so that's the, that's the next step is, is to get this music worked out. And I think it's so cool though, like, because you've been willing to take the steps to just get close to the dream. And it's yeah. almost, it's almost crazy to think that sometimes to get to where you want to be, you have to go through the whole circle. Oh, dude. And it's almost like you're starting over. Totally. You're back totally. on a stage oh, with other people. Yep. With the, but, but you're so much further ahead. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, but if, it's playing, it's like playing in a sport where you already have the rule book memorized. Right. Is the only way I've been able to kind of describe it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, I know how to play this. It's just, I know how to do it. It's just getting on the field do it again. and yeah. being, being the star. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's been, uh, like I said, the scare, it was, it was the scariest. I think when I got up there to sing that first time songs that I've written, especially the new ones, I was that, I was more scared doing that than I was playing at Madison square garden. Really? It was like, it, I was just, I literally, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I tell people this all the time because public speaking, yeah, not my thing. Yeah, you know when I was when when we met, I didn't like talking in front of people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very socially awkward, super shy. Put me in Madison Square Garden in front of a crowd, I'm good. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> I get asked to go to my graduate my high school and speak at graduation here a few years ago. Yep terrified exactly it's a smaller crowd like people can see me like i I can tell if they think this is stupid yes where if i'm in front of 15 20 000 people no big deal they don't know i'm just doing my thing yeah like i can almost i can pretty much guess that music's the same way yeah it's it's uh it's what it is and the other part of it too is you know these songs are so personal yeah in there because i i can't i can't write about things that uh, I didn't experience and I, I, the guys that can, I'm in awe of, you know, my buddy Aaron that in Nashville, he's one of those guys he can, mm. he can, he's just like, well, tell me he's from Los Angeles. And, and, uh, he wrote this song with, with, uh, Jennifer, this called lonely town about being from a small town and he's from LA, but he wrote this song. And I'm but like, you can mentally go into a place like that and feel those things and see those things. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's what it's like. So, 
uh, when he was there's a there's a uh, there's a line that says can't stop at the quick uh, quick mark quick stop something like can't can't stop at the quick mark can't get gas at the Texaco I think is what the line is how do you like, know about that I'm like how do you LA know about boy? that yeah but he's so great at what he does cool. and it's but like I can't do that I can't yeah. which. I've had to. I get it. There's yeah. two things in life I wish I could do: yeah. sing and write songs. <laughs> and you can do both of them, and you piss me off. Uh, like those, I've I've always said, if I could pick out two things in life that I could do the rest of my life, it'd be sing or write songs. Yeah. And I can't do either one of them, but I got a lot of friends that can. There you go. Um. So if people want to keep up. Yeah. How do they keep up? Everything. Social media. Yeah. All my social media: Instagram, Facebook. Everything is at Nick Gibson Music. I just just signed up for TikTok. I ain't got nothing on there yet. But <laughs> we you were want, talking about we, that before yeah, we started. Yeah. You want to find me there? I'm there. I, yeah, I, there'll be stuff there coming up. But yeah, everything is at Nick Gibson Music. Even the TikTok. Even the TikTok. Do we get to see like all the TikTok fat dances from Nick? I, I don't. You know got that, the hair for it. I man. don't. <laughs> I don't know that I'll be doing the dances. I think I'll I'll be the one providing providing the music, and people somebody else can make dances. I always forget I have a TikTok. I hate to even admit that, but I, my wife would be like, "Hey, I sent you a thing on TikTok." Wait, oh, oh, I haven't checked that in a month. I'm gonna have to go find you on TikTok. Facebook. I'm the same way with Facebook. I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm horrible. Okay, at Nick Gibson Music, all yep. platforms. All that platforms, simple. Yep. Um, and then that. I mean, that's it. That's the one stop shop. It's yeah. I'm gonna actually have websites nickgibson.com, but um, nobody does websites anymore. Yeah, I know. It's, I have one, but yeah, Matt West now. It actually. Is it? Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, my God. Uh, talk about circle of life and going full circle. So a guy built me a website one time. We'll tell the story. Guy built me a website one time. And it was early in my career. I didn't know. I just had been told I needed to get a website. So right. this guy, he's like, I'm going to help you do it. I'm going to build it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We're going to do a video. We're going to put it on the main page. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and uh, all I can think about at this time, I didn't want to be on TV. I didn't want to be in front of a camera. Yeah. You know? And so I, you have helped me remember <laughs> the verbiage. And it was something, you know, hey, everybody, I'm Matt, whatever, welcome to my site, take a look around. Um, hopefully you like what you see, but more importantly, I hope you like what you hear. And this son of a bitch, <laughs> for 20 years or however long, like I cannot see you <laughs> without you saying that in some capacity. <laughs> so, anyways. but I love it because it it, it perfectly lined up you. Like, but, but that's you know that, at the time, all I wanted was somebody to hear yeah. what I was doing and say, "I'll take a chance on that guy at, at our rodeo or whatever." Yeah. And that's man, and I've I know I've told you, and I know I've posted about, but like that's what I love about you, right? And me, like our trajectories have been really closely similar, right? You we have both- no idea how because talking about full circle and yeah. going back and starting over in a learning uh, process, dude, yeah, we'll talk about some things off when, yeah. when we get done here. Yeah. But but I'm getting ready to, I'm going to be in a whole new learning process, right? On. And. You know, it's like there's, well, yeah, you guys will all know about it in time, but um, I'm nervous as hell. Growth happens outside your comfort zone. That's right. And I think that anytime you're scared of something, but still have enough faith and you're willing to bet on yourself, you can't go wrong. Even if you fail. You're going to learn and fail forward. You can't fail. 100%. At Nick Gibson Music, yes, sir. all forms of, of social media. Yep. Man, I appreciate you taking the time to do Dude, this. Dude, thank you for having me. I got another one on me. Throw something at me. Let's see here. Um, I'll do this one. We'll wrap it up with this. 
So this one is uh, it's one of my favorite uh, favorite favorite that's not a word favorite new songs. Um, it's called "It Takes a Scar." Hope y'all dig. Eighth grade, Fourth of July, under a bridge with some friends of mine, black cats in a cherry bomb, young and dumb and showing off. I was told if you play with fire, you're gonna get burned. Sometimes it takes a scar to learn. A few years later, it was third and ten We were down by seven, coming back again Two yards away from going to state Found out there's more to life than a game Cause there's certain ways a right knee just can't turn Sometimes it takes a scar to learn Sometimes life hits you hard Draws blood and leaves a mark But remember when you fall Remember when you crawl Remember every time you get burned Sometimes it takes a scar to learn It was blonde and her eyes were green Walked into my life right out of a dream She was perfect right from the start Even though I knew she'd break my heart But I wouldn't know what love was if it weren't for her Sometimes it takes a scar to learn Sometimes life hits you hard Draws blood and leaves a mark But remember when you fall Remember when you crawl Remember every time you get burned Sometimes it takes a scar to learn Sometimes life hits you hard Draws blood and leaves a mark But remember when you fall Remember when you crawl Remember every time you get burned Sometimes it takes a scar to learn It takes a scar to learn It was blonde and her eyes were green Walked into my life right out of a dream She was perfect right from the start Even though I knew she'd break my heart That's a new one there. Damn, that's good. Uh, it's <laughs> funny because I, if I played that in my car stereo, I'd sound just like you. Heck yeah, you <laughs> would. <laughs> man, I appreciate this. Uh, thanks for coming up here. Thanks Dude, for doing thank this. You, I love you to death. Love you, man. Can't believe we've known each other for two decades. I know. All right. You're getting old. See you. <laughs>